the podcast to the show. You can listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is our rapid reaction response to the episode. We'll we'll do a deep dive at a, at a later date, but right now we're going to go through and quickly sort of just, just have a very, very brief overview about everything that happened in, uh, in episode 10 of season three. I am your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. Off to protest the Vietnam War. <laughs> that was a good line. And, uh, and our boss, Emily Chambers. So I feel like I should uh, say up front that my allergies are very bad. Therefore, my voice is going to be a little bit off today. And in addition to that, I am super hopped up on allergy meds. So like I've mentioned to my co-hosts already, I would not operate a car right now is the level that I'm at. But I do feel like that's perfect for podcasting. So that's what we're doing now. Smells like potential. That's right. That's right. It does smell like potential. Boss, we're going to try not to overtax you. Today, we're going to go lightning fast. And um, I know that people get used to us really digging in. Even with these rapid reactions, we do talk a little bit about what's going on and, and try to make some some connections quickly off the top of our heads. Um, this one, let me give you an example. The first rapid reaction we did a couple of weeks ago was 23 episodes, uh, or sorry, 23 scenes. Uh, last week was about 28. It depends whether or not you count really quick interstitials as, you know, when you're cross-cutting between episodes, whether that counts as a scene or not. But this one is in the neighborhood of 45 because we bounced on, around a lot uh, in this episode. So we're going to zip through and try to cover everything as quickly as possible. And then, as I say at a later date, uh, we will really, really, I mean, this one is going to require some crazy deep diving um, I almost, I don't know if there's, well, there was one earlier in the season where I remember, oh God, there were so many callbacks. It was like d- disorienting. I was like, oh yeah, that's that. Try to keep track of them for the podcast. I'm like, oh my God. And then this one felt like that a little bit, like a, pr- a preposterous amount of callbacks, uh, which is, which is really comforting and lets you know that the writers are all on the same page. Um, but like I said, we will, uh, really, really try to dig into that at a future date. Uh, right now, I just want to welcome everybody, whether you're joining us for the first time or not. Uh, we're thrilled to have you here. We're, we're, we're excited to have our goldfish community and all the people who have listened to the deep dives. And we're going to blast through starting with soccer Saturday. Um, uh, generally this, this scene was, uh, I think the most important takeaway was that. Uh, Richmond was on a 10-game win streak. Sam was playing inspired. And Jeff says, the club has parted ways with the wonder kid about West Ham. The club has parted parted ways with the wonder kid, Nathan Shelley. I feel like we usually get something more in one of those scenes. Just like, uh, I mean, it it worked fine. And I I wasn't mad at it. But I feel like we usually get like some notable joke or it it felt like we kind of... sped through there. There was a little bit of a reaction when George Kartrick, uh did his little uh, job application there on the air. You know who's really a genius? My old boss, who I'm hoping will hire me again. Right, yes. But I thought, other than that, that there wasn't a lot going on. 
Right. Rupert says, uh, George Cartrick says Rupert Mannion is the brains behind the operation. He, 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 uh, sort of maligns Nate. Says, come on, he was my kit man for, for God's sake. And he, he's, he's a repellent, uh, person. Um, and, uh, one, one of the takeaways is, is the uh, third host says that, she, uh, based, if there's anything, if there's any goodness in the world or any, anything, uh, you know, right in the world that Sam should be playing for Team Nigeria and in during the internet upcoming international break. Um, I, I want to say quickly that I, I'm reading online and I'm hearing from people that they love this episode. And I went to sleep uh, last night after watching it and I did not sleep. I tossed and turned the whole night because I was trying to figure <laughs> out, oh, God, if this episode felt very disjointed to me. And I'm worried that I'm going to take uh, part of Boss's uh, role here because I, um, uh, many of the things didn't track for me. Some did. Obviously, there were some uh, amazing uh, parts of the episode. Other parts, I was a little. I, I just I wanted to be in a place that I wasn't in. If that makes any sense, it's like you can kind of see. I don't know. Imagine two people like dancing romantically on the dance floor, like you know, a few feet away from, and you're like, yeah, I, I know what it's like to be there, and I'd like to. I would prefer to be them. Uh, unfortunately at this time I'm me. And so I felt a little bit like that during, especially during parts of the episode. We'll definitely get into that more during the deep dive, but for people who loved it, I'm so happy. I know some people just loved absolutely the, one of the best episodes. It crossed every, every T and dotted every I, and they were fully on board with it. Um, and I wasn't quite there. Uh, so if you hear something in my tone that is speeding through it, it's not because I didn't like it. It's because of the number of scenes we have to get through and the fact that I really want to explore some of these things in the deep dive. Um, what is the next scene, boss? Uh, the next scene, we find out that, um, uh, of course, Sam did not make the Nigerian team because they had specifically called it out the scene before that it would be crazy if he didn't. Uh, the most important dialogue is Jamie saying, Oi, 24. Uh, apparently Jamie is an Oi Person yeah, that. he joined the Oi family. I noticed that. He joined right? the Oi family. Oi, 24. They fucked you, man. I'm sorry about not making the team. So it's very nice that Jamie was the one that told him that. So yeah, there's a net. We, we find out. Oh, Coach, go ahead. No, I was going to say quickly <clears throat> for those who haven't played sports where you had have a jersey number. That's a very, um, that's like a very friendly thing for teammates. Like, I still have teammates who, for my birthday, they'll, I'll get. Happy birthday, four or five. Happy birthday, 45. You know, like that's so to me, OA24, like that, that's saying like they are there. They are together. Yeah. It's very Friday Night Lights kind of kind of stuff. Um, I remember them calling quarterback yep. seven. Hey, seven. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, uh, well, other things we learned in this scene, there's an international break. Uh, Ted is uh, they're coming off a 10 game win streak, but they have the week off. Several players will play for their countries. Among them, uh, Van Dam's going to Canada. Danny's going to Mexico. Uh, Colin, Colin, going to Wales, which was great. We find out Bumper Catch plays for the Swiss. I'm just running through the top of my head. I don't know. I don't remember if I missed anybody else. Um, I think you got them. I think you got them. Did I get everybody? I think so. And then, yeah, it's a mystery as to why uh, Sam is not playing for Nigeria. Um, I will say that uh, the biggest moment. Uh, about this for me was that before uh, before Jamie celebrated his own happiness, his own like moment, he went to check on Sam. So he's learned empathy, um, right? He nice. truly feels nice, yeah. 
He yeah. truly feels for yeah. Sam. Um, and it was a beautiful moment between the two of them. And after he said you got fucked, he also had another moment where he's like, you going to be all right? Like, you all right? Yeah. Like, you sure? Yeah, like, that double, was great. double checked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I you, think uh, he actually says the line that, like, you've got this or something, which yeah, is what yeah. Keely said to Rebecca in season one. Oh, oh nice. nice. Jesus. I didn't catch that. Okay, great. Yeah, I should. I feel like I should mention at this point, despite the frog voice and the being slightly high, um, I, in case uh, Castleton is not where he usually is on the positivity scale, I have moved into his place during this total podcasting. I didn't. I didn't love the episode. I'm not going to pretend that I loved it. I'm not there. But did you guys ever see the movie Van Helsing? It's wild, Musical. and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean uh, to see oh, it, yeah. but but it was on TV one time, and so I just ended up watching it. And I it didn't make me angry or upset. I like I didn't understand it. I wouldn't say that it's good, but the whole time I was like, huh, okay, this is what we're doing now. All right, cool. And then there was one scene where they had like in the middle of the Middle Ages in. Central Europe, uh, it, which I assume to be like 1100, all of a sudden they had an electric uh, chandelier in the middle of a ballroom. And I'm like, what fucking century is this? It blew my entire mind. And now I love that movie. And this is exactly the feeling that I had with watching this episode. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It doesn't, I don't hate it. It's not making me upset, but I don't understand it. I'm working on a historical uh, drama where Paul Revere just uh, group texts everyone at the British. Yes. Academy. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I would yeah. watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Boss would be into that. Well, this lines up, boss, with what you were saying last week. I said, hey, coach and boss, what do you hope for at the end of the thing? And boss, you pushed back a little against me and you said, you know, I don't I'm not I'm just here to see what they do. And yeah. It may, in certain ways, it may be a little bit of. Uh, it, it, listen, they closed some real gaps in this episode. Like this could be a series finale. That's how much got closed up. You had moments of finality in certain ways that if you said, "All right, that's it," you know, you could say, "Oh, eighty percent of the stuff is is tied up in in a certain way." <laughs> it's one way to do it. Um, but so so in that, uh, boss, you're you're staying true to true to form. Um, we move over to Rebecca's office. Uh, we have Ted in there, and then we later revealed that Trent is in there as well, which is a nice uh, moment. We find out that Ted sucks at girl talk. We find out that Akufo is in town, um, and that when uh, Rupert has it in Rebecca's phone, she has Rupert listed as the quote unquote devil. And, uh, and for a second, Ted thinks that she has received a call from the actual devil. Which, uh, you know, as long as we're doing quick echoes, uh, you talk to God. Yep. So his his yep. his view of her powers is uh pretty pretty big. Now we don't know at this point what's happened with um West Ham or the fallout there and um as we go through the episode we will continue to not know. It for me it was a very um bold choice to sh- to do that off camera. Uh, bold in a way that I I'm not sure I yet appreciate. And maybe we'll find out in a later episode why they went this direction. Um, but I thought, oh, I, this is a pretty big plot point to, to, to drop on us. Uh, but okay. Like, all right, let's go. We'll be, we'll be curious and not judgmental and see where they go. And maybe there's a damn good reason for it. Um, the next scene is Jade, uh, coming into Nate's bedroom of his, uh, flat. Uh, we find out she's going to Poland. 
for some reason. Uh, we have a little Polish uh, light bulb joke. And um, uh, Nate, he's not getting out of bed. The press is hovering outside. Uh, he does the one thing you don't do when paparazzi are hovering outside and peek through a window so they can get a telephoto lens on you peeking because you know that's the st- – I mean, that is the worst look for anybody trying to hide from the press is that you're peeking out and get caught. I'm like, I, c- I can't believe – do not do that. What are you doing? Anyway, uh, Jade invites him to go to Poland with her. I don't know why she's going to Poland. It's, I guess just got to take her off the off the table the same way they took Zava and some other – like. There's some some really abrupt plot, plot closures. I don't think I would have worried as much if I knew they had this skill set where it's like, oh, no, we'll just shut it down. Like, <laughs> no, nope, that's it. Oh, no, no, we don't care about, like, actual closure, like, gradually getting up to closure. We just turn the fucking switch off. And that's how that's how we play it here at Ted Lasso. So I was like, damn, all right, uh, bye, 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 Jade. Like, all right, um, huh. I thought she looked great, uh, by the way, in the scene. And it, it was a different – she had a different vibe to her, maybe because they have been da- dating for a More while. She wasn't as mm-hmm. – yeah, something about that. Um, we move over to Keely at KJPR. She's walking in to this scene uh, – to this uh, – to KJPR in this scene. And we find out uh, – I, I just want to say before I forget, the green blazer, the look she had in that with the um, – it looks like the Von Trapp family. I don't know the name of the style there, where the collar is a black collar, and I know like some the, some Swedish military outfits have it, and some German military outfits. Interesting. Where it's like a different colored collar mm-hmm. than and Austria. I think it's from Austria. Anyway, the origin of that style, but that's a very Rebecca kind of yes. piece of clothing, right? Very much so. So I was like, oh, that's a really interesting choice, um, and we find out KJPR is being shut down. Uh, Coach, what does Babs say when she walks in there? The board of the VEC have decided to pull funding. They're shutting down KJPR. Babs did not expect to be delivering this. I think that is key. Um, Her last interaction with Jack last night when the email went out, apparently on Tuesday night that you're done on Friday, um, the last she'd heard was that... uh, Jack was going to reach out to Keely herself. So Keely was not supposed to walk in here and be shocked. Yeah. But she did, and she is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What a fucking asshole. I just wrote a post about how this season of Ted Lasso is missing an antagonist, but Jack sure is a fucking asshole. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not, I read your, I read your article, as you well know, and I want to discuss your article. I'm not going to make coach want to kill me yet. <laughs> If we blast through this and we have extra time, we can discuss every every article. But until then, <laughs> yeah, let's keep, keep, keep the train on the tracks. Um, we Ultimately, we never heard from the Spaniards, which is a damn shame. Can you imagine being cast yeah, on Ted Lasso and as an you're actor? You're not even on a call sheet, baby. Yeah. You just look all the time. You never get to – never get to nothing. All you do is you look. Uh, Keely ends up crying in her office. Uh, she doesn't have to schedule it this time. I thought quickly they did a nice job bringing back the uh, the window, the frosted, you know, the 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 automating the frosted yeah. window thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like it went from last... like a sexual yeah. thing to a emotional sort of protective. Mm-hmm. Put me in a little box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The next scene we have is we are on the airplane, and I and I I'm sorry we were going so quickly through the first scene I forgot to mention, um, uh, e- Evil Danny. And um, 
Oh, in the God. beginning, yeah, in the beginning. This is right before they rolled credits. Uh, we have Van Dam is playing for um, Canada. For Canada, yeah, and and Danny's playing for Mexico. And Van Dam goes over to you know celebrate with him. And what does uh, Danny say to him, uh, boss? We are not friends. You are my enemy, and soon I will make you my bitch. Yeah. Yep. And Which so is- now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this uh, this is a gimmick, obviously, but I was all for it. It made me laugh out loud. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then he was like, "Chica tu madre." He like tells him, "Like fuck your mother." In the I'm like to his teammate, and he and he has yeah. these crazy these crazy eyes, and and he says something under his breath as he turns away. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not Led Tasso then. It's. Randy Dohas, I guess, is who we're doing. Oh, that's with funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I'll say, and I've, I've I've mentioned this before, and I don't know if I mentioned who it was. I think this is a little more clever than the than the audience is going to give it credit for. And, and I'll and I'll say that um, I played when I played soccer. I played lots of teams from all over the world, uh, various uh, countries, uh, teams. And the meanest motherfuckers <laughs> I ever played were Mexicans. And I love the Mexican people and uh, I have nothing against Mexicans, but I will say just factually in my one man's experience that I, I think I remember I told you about the, I was playing, uh, this is another season. I spoke about how I was, I was in a tournament in, in Sweden and then a guy j- jammed his two metal cleats into the back of my leg and we got in a fit. We got a fight. There was a yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That, that, that was, was Mexico. Team, that was no Team Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they were just there. I mean, they came to play. So I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't as crazy. I know if you don't watch soccer on a regular basis, like yeah. Mexico plays, they play mean and they're, they're great, great soccer player, great soccer tradition, unbelievable fans. Um, but they, they are, they're not coming to be your friend on the, on the pitch. It is very interesting. You know, I remember, um, seeing this pre- uh, this preview of a coach talking and like the junior U.S. qualifying team that was going to play Mexico. And they were like, just be very careful about so Watch the slide tackles, watch certain things. Like if you rub them the wrong way, they're going to come after your ankles, but don't go after their, you know, like don't, because they want to get in your head. And, and uh, I can't say this universally, but I remember watching this going like, wow, this is, that, I thought it was a, uh, overstatement until I played Mexico myself, and then I was like, "Jesus Christ, <laughs> living I, I, in fear." I'm glad we have your um, your experience and your seriously and your perspective because I was like, "What is happening right now?" And I mean, I got the basic joke, but I was like, "What? Why?" To know that it has some resonance in terms of the the, the soccer itself, then it feels feels good. Because I, I just I found myself going, wait, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, this is how you know, like it, this is no different than if they said, oh, the German team is a bunch of machines, or the it, Italian team is a bunch of crazies who are you know artistic and beautiful, but also lose their temper every. You know, it, it's every right, every right, nation right. has these elements of them, and and what you wouldn't pick up here is that the the team Canada uh, <laughs> like reputation is like the best people in the world, you know, like the nicest people. That's why Van Damme is, it fits, suits him perfectly. Hey bro, like, it's going to be great. Like that is team. Everybody loves Canada. Um, and no, nobody, um, 
what, one of the greatest moments was was uh, when the Canadian women under Coach uh, Bev Priestman. Like, oh God, I love Bev Priestman so much. There was a there was a friend. I I know we're this is a, not supposed to be a take a long time, but there was a friendly going into the World Cup, and the U.S. had you had really beat up on the um, Canadian team. Women, this is women's soccer. The U.S. women's team, which which was World Cup champions, and and uh, you know just a. a uh, global powerhouse for years and for decades had really beaten Canada up quite a bit over the years. And they got this new coach named Bev Priestman, a former player. And they came out, we played a friendly before the world cup against Canada. And I remember I, they came out. I th- I may have called you about this coach, but I was like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> I was like, Bev has them thinking they can win. It wasn't like, Oh shit, let's just not lose too badly. They came out to play to win, and right, they did. Right, it wasn't right. like they had new players. It wasn't like like mm-hmm. people don't understand the dynamic. But some of the best players on the uh, Canadian team are like dual citizen. You know, they're from America, or they grew up in you know, like like many other teams out there. There's players from other countries, but um, Bev had them believing they could beat. It. Like they real, I saw it. I saw it, and I was like, oh my god! And I think I wrote about it at the time for Pajiba, and then they ended up winning the World Cup. They world they won the World Cup. This team Jesus. went out. The U.S. got knocked off in a different part of the tournament, and Canada won the World Cup. And it was like I, I remember being like, "This is, Bev Priestman is as close to Ted Lasso as I've seen uh, on the women's uh, stage." There's some great uh, women coaches, but man, I'm such a fan because she took this team that didn't believe, and I and I this is before Ted Lasso, and I was like, "They believe. They are ready to fight." Anyway, uh, sorry for that. Uh, I, I'm I'm. I told you guys ahead of time not to tell yeah. long stories, and I'm. Yeah. Uh, is it hypocrite or it's not ironic? Yeah. No, it's not <laughs> ironic. You even tried to bribe us with talking about other things if we went fast enough, and still, still this. Anytime I get a chance to talk about Bev Priestman, I'm going to take it. I I got got to admit. Do um, we still get ice cream, or is that now off? The no, table? no, no, no. That's no, no. It's off the table now. I've I've blown it. Um, Frozen. I am not your bro. I am not your bro. <laughs> We are now enemies, and soon you will be my bitch. Um, now, the scene that we get on the airplane is, is of course, Van Damme, who's still Van Damme, magically. I swore when Zava would leave, he'd be Zorro again, but he's still Van Damme. Uh, for one person, one player to be Zorro and Van Damme is probably the coolest uh, combination yeah, of, of people fun. you can be. Um, he, uh, he takes one bite of a Dorito, those little tiny snack bags that have basically two Doritos in them. You know what I mean? He takes one Dorito, opens it up, puts it in his mouth because he's a Canadian and they're the best people in the universe. And also, if you play them in hockey, the dumbest, which I've said on many multiple podcasts. I love them very much, but dear God. Um, <laughs> go, go to Thunder Bay. Oh, hey, boys. All right. Um, so so he eats, a, he eats a, a Dorito. Then he offers the bag to Danny. Danny turns. He's got that bomber jacket on. He's got a crazy shades. He crushes it. And listen, we're going to go back on the deep dive, but what Danny does with his wrist and the bag placement in this scene, he does like a little flourish with it, a flare. He dumps out, he shakes it again to make sure every little thing comes out of it. It's it's brilliant. Um, just love him. Crystal Fernandez. Uh, and and Zoro is, of course, a, just stunned. <laughs> like a gog. Yes, Can I boss. have you say the name of the chip one more time? Doritos? What do I, I say? Who way you say that. I always say it Doritos, but you say oh, Doritos. Doritos. Dor- Doritos. You're like Doritos. Yeah. It's got a door in it. Yeah, Doritos. Doritos. <laughs> I don't know. Doritos. You're not, you're not wrong. I just, I, everybody, I, we in Chicago Dorito, and Doritos. Say it, Doritos. 
Yeah, but we also say you're go get your car. Yeah. So that's probably on us. Yeah. Either way, that's, I love it. True. Love it. Dorito, Dor- Doritos, Doritos. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, okay, so we're moving on to uh, Ted's office. Um, this is the scene where okay, walk us through this one, Coach. Uh, do you remember this is this is the bad yeah. karma scene? So um, <clears throat> we've got a pretty fired up uh, Coach Beard, who's uh, ready to celebrate the Wonder Turds uh, getting the hatchet from. Uh, so to speak, from uh, West Ham. And basically, he's planning on going and uh, throwing axes. They, axes. they made special targets, um, and it's base, It's Nate with the bullseye uh, basically over his uh, red string holder. His ding-dong, or his dick. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. And so, um, he's going to do that. He invites them. Roy can't. He's got a thing. Um, And Ted's concern is, could it be bad karma to celebrate someone else's bad karma? And uh, Beard will have none of that. This is great. Fuck that guy. Doesn't make any sense. He was the one that said non-schadenfreude in the first season when uh, Jamie got yelled at about something. There's no chance that Beard would be doing this. I call shenanigans. Oh, my. Well, it does call him the Wonder Turd. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will, we'll have to get into that. Uh, apparently, he's ac- acquired 17 axes over the years. Uh, he, they're not all for throwing, which I'm like, what the hell are the other ones for? <laughs> I know. That was so crazy. Uh, I was like, huh. uh, hmm. Somebody and, uh, going to find that man. Um, yeah. Jesus. Like, what in the world? Yeah. He also said, I couldn't imagine being in a different country than my axes. That made me laugh. I don't like it was one of those like I don't fully even know what that means. Um it's horrifying, it's hilarious, it's a lot of things. But yeah, he could not imagine being in a different country yeah. than his axes. Yeah, that's to have that be uttered by by a person. You have to, <laughs> you have to wonder. You have to right. wonder. Uh, beard is a is a whole different thing. Um now we have Sam and Rebecca in the hallway bumping into each other. Boss, do you remember this scene at all? Um, yeah, Rebecca and Sam in the hallway. She's basically saying, I'm so sorry that you didn't make the Nigerian team. That seems so weird. They kind of aren't flirty necessarily, but definitely affectionate and like pat each other on the shoulders weird. It's like, it's not quite a pat on the head, but it's not the look of two people who used to rub their faces together. Or maybe it's exactly that. Well, yeah, that was my, that was the fun I had with it is like, here are these two people who seem to have absolutely no problem uh, touching any part of the other person. And now we've got like an awkward punch to the shoulder (laughs) from Sam. So I thought it was a way for the show to say, yeah, we loved them. They were great. That was fun. This is not where it's going. So you can breathe that particular sigh of relief. There was zero magic there. Like zero. Oh, uh, so you thought? Okay, they're not getting back together. This that wasn't. It wasn't like I thought. I thought I saw some affinity or something, some kinship of a kind that you only have with someone you've shared that much. I didn't see like, oh, they're going to get back together, but I definitely okay. saw like something between them that was. Oh, special, oh yeah, maybe. No, I, I agree with that. And they're still, you know, it's a word you don't use often, but I, I got the sense they're still fond of each other, right? Like I think, but I think 
they've had this very interesting side road, you know, detour in their relationship. And I feel like this was more an extension of where we see them in the hope that kills you in the locker room where I, because I listened to that episode, described their um, relationship as sort of uh, parental, you know, parent child, which kind of made me gag a little bit knowing where things were going to go from there. But um, yeah. So I thought they were closer to that dynamic than to lovers. Now Rebecca ends up in. Yeah. That word bumps me out. Oh, lover. Lovers. They made fun of that with Rachel Drash and Will Ferrell. Unless it's between the words. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead. Say it, boss. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's that. that's 30 rock that's my favorite 30 oh rock is it I, I, remember, that, oh, yes. I remember that I, I remember that oh, yep. it bums me out yeah um okay so uh then uh rebecca uh goes to her office and someone's waiting there for her who is that boss fucking rupert fucking rupert asking if she wants to uh help or be invited to a meeting about edwin akifo's uh super league is that what they refer to it as i know that there was yes. a justice league joke in there yeah, super, yeah. super league um yeah his super league that's gonna take all of the best teams and put them into a league that most people don't have access to which is exactly what you want that sounds perfect for people well, which is exactly what, what people are trying to do for real. So this yeah, is a yeah. commentary on, on that. Yeah. People are really trying to make that happen. Yeah. I, I didn't, I feel like, like that whole scenario played out though, right? Like, did, wasn't there an attempt and it fell apart for similar reasons? Like fans went ape shit that like you're taking our, you're taking our game away from us. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. But it's always sort of, it's sort of always kind of hovering there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought in this scene, by the way, that it was significant. Well, I think it's significant that he just manages his, to find his way up to the, the office of the president. And I think there's some significance to that later, even more so. Um, but I, I, I really thought it mattered that Rebecca, not without emotion, but certainly not more as a matter of sternness than like, I hate you, was like, well, next time make an appointment. and and. With that tone, Rupert said something along the lines of point taken. It wasn't those words, but it was sort of like, I kind of think this motherfucker might make an appointment next time. Like, for real. Like, you know what I mean? Mr. Show up anywhere. I think, like, I got like, oh, Rebecca kind of like on that one. She, she, she straightened him out. Like, she's, she's getting really good at this big dog thing. Yeah. Well, listen, I, we're going to talk about this in the deep dive. I had a sense. Uh, Rupert seemed older and more, more and weaker to me in the scene, um, for some reason. I, and I worry, um, well, I don't worry because I've never really give a shit about Rupert, but, um, my sense is there's more here than meets the eye. And I thought that later on we find out there's all these allegations surrounding Nate's departure from West Ham. And I, my speculation with no evidence is that, uh, somehow those speculations, that speculation is around Rupert and not um, Nate. And so what I think we might find is that he's getting kicked in the balls and he came here to get a, to have a soft landing, like someone he always knew he can count on the way you do when like you, someone like truly cares about you, whatever, like he snuck in, it was a charming thing that he used to do. And he anticipated, he was like very vulnerable for whatever Rupert, however, Rupert is vulnerable. And Rebecca was very, very businesslike with him. And, I think it wounded him 
uh, in that moment. So we'll see. M- maybe the, none of that is true, but I got the sense that he is, he is not as, um, even mentioning a fecalist later, I'm like, oh, is he, is, some, is he sick? Is something going on with him? Or yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because last time we heard about somebody having a fecalist, it was Zava. Um, but I did go, huh? That's a very specific deep. Well, we'll talk more about that scene, and then obviously we'll deep dive. But I, I did think that was significant. That's a very specific joke, and it wasn't hilarious in the way of like, oh, that's a classic fecalist joke so i just thought like well, there's something going on <laughs> uh I, there's a there's a lot going on yeah i mean we hear about the fecalist from miss bread too so we'll, we'll get into all these ah there's so much so <laughs> this is a real heavy b and j cakes wasn't because the last one was cakes and this one is bread which i thought also deserved a little attention Yes, for sure. We will, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. I, that's got to be a Marie Antoinette thing, I would think, but I'm not sure. Uh, remember, remember Marie Antoinette f- famously, supposedly attributed to her, but then I've read later on. No this way is, she said that. I, I am such a dork that I somehow know that it wasn't actually said by her, but I remember they said, Oh, you, you know, your majesty, the people don't have bread. And she supposedly is supposed to have responded, Well, then let them eat cake. Um, and then I imagine. Rupert eating Miss Cakes. And then I, and then I thought, Oh, remember how she scared the hell out of me all the time? She's so scary that Miss Cakes is scary. <laughs> um, and maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's doing a number on Rupert. Who knows? Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Skewed, skewed dramatic or something he says later. Um, so, uh, yes, this was, uh, about getting Rebecca the Akufo League invite. And, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting that he just is in her office. I promise not to drag you down here. We'll get into it when we do the deep dive. But I think there may be reason. I think we may feel better about gapping um, Nate quitting as this unfolds. Because that makes all the sense that um, Ms. Cakes, I think it was just Cakes. I don't know if there was something before that. But at any rate, that the, the la- she skewed dramatic. That's a very specific thing for him to say and lacking detail. But what does that mean coming from a guy like him? And then um, what you're saying about those accusations. So I'm wondering if she like either went to his wife or the press. Well, I, yeah, it's, it's like she coming. caught she caught him with the girls at the bar or something or, you know, some, it seemed, everybody, everybody in Rupert's life uh, seems to think they're the only one until they're not the only until one. Until they realize And it's not. always a big shocker when it right. happens. So so who knows what the there, that is what I was trying to give in the beginning of this episode. I try to say, like, yeah, I don't know why they did that, but maybe that'll reveal itself ah. because maybe there's another shoe that needs to needs to yeah, drop. That was, that was way too subtle for me, coach. I'm uh much more of a blunt instrument kind of guy. Just just a future reference. <laughs> it's, uh, Hulk smash. <laughs> um, I, I uh, Now we get to Uncle Day, which was my favorite part of the episode. I thought it was uh, about as good of, of, a, of a scene as you can have. And a long, long, long-term payoff. Absolutely beautiful scene. Um, we have, of course, Roy at uh, his sister's house. We get the reveal that the sister is the ER doc that worked on Dr. Sharon, which is, you know, 
uh yeah there you go the one er doc in <laughs> in london uh whatever worked worked fine we get to see phoebe many people um uh on our next episode i'm going to reveal the um, results of the poll to which people uh talked about uh what they thought of the children on the show, like what their likelihood for long-term success was. And it was fascinating to see how everybody, yeah, rated the kids. Like, oh, I wonder how this kid's going to turn out. So, um, but Phoebe is definitely a fan favorite. Um, And we find out it's Uncle's Uncle Day and who is the mystery guest at Uncle Day coach? Jamie. And uh, he's been invited by Phoebe, of course, because he is Uncle Roy's best friend. Best uh, friend, yeah. A, a, a piece of information that apparently she has, but neither of them have. And the, I just thought it was magnificent to watch two grown men unable to process a piece of information that is plain to see to a, to a child. <laughs> like she's like, yeah, your best. Like, like what? Like what? You are- spend all t- all day together, and you talk about him all the time. I mean, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and, they are best and friends. Even then, they she, are best friends. She goes, uh, he goes, why? Who's your best friend? He's like, I don't know, probably Isaac or whatever. He's like, fuck you, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Which is what you say to your friend, like, you don't like Isaac more than me. Like, eat shit. Yeah. Like, and then Jamie uh, does a, a a little. He is like a taunting face. It's mm-hmm, not. It's mm-hmm. not because yeah. it's. A, oh, I don't know. Who he is. Yeah. Too bad yeah. for you. He I'm, thought if it thought it was you. I am only here for Jamie and Roy at this point. I love. It them. is so good. That also this. Uh, don't forget when he walks in. Remember I said uh, on another episode we we noticed that um, it's always what the fuck do you want every mm-hmm, time mm-hmm, he walks into mm-hmm. a room and this one same, true to form the fuck is he is doing? He doing? <laughs> like, yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I I also I mean and I thought this mattered in terms of their relationship. I mean the triangle thing with the two of them and Keely and sort of the different combinations we've seen as this has unfolded. I I love that. Um and that it's a triangle frankly. But um I I also the gift was awesome. And we don't have to dive too deep in, but what like we've talked before about the trophy we gave you when I took over as commissioner of the, of our fantasy league. We've had that yes. conversation before, you know, at, what was it? Excellent commissioner, mediocre man, I believe was the, I don't think we need to revisit it, but yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's how you say we love you. We had a guy and this way I may have told, I apologize if I did, I'll, I'll be quick with it, but we had a guy very sadly in our league lose his wife. Um, it was, as horrendous as that sounds. And yeah, we all, it was, oh, it was just gutting. And we, you know, what, what do we, what do we do? Like as a group of guys, we would do something, but geez, like, what do we do? And we sent him a bottle of Johnny Walker blue and a fantasy football for dummies book. And it may be the most perfect gift I've ever been a part of giving. So I was like, that is exactly this league. We love you. We are sorry this happened. We're sending you the best. We are sending you shit that some of us haven't even had to drink yet in our lives because it's that kind of drink. Also, you're a fucking idiot and we're going to kick your ass in the fall. I mean, it's just, I was like, pitch perfect. And for me, changing the E to a U, but then getting him that jersey. Like, I watched you play. That may be the jersey you had on in the poster on my wall. Really? 
And so yeah, right. I thought that too. Yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah. I thought just I thought that too. He got it. He got it with enough time to get it re-embroidered. There was some thought that went into this, and Roy genuinely loved it. Like he was like, "I love it." Like you know what I mean? It, it worked on every level. Um, the fact that Phoebe charged Jamie, and he's like, "I didn't say nothing." She's like, "No, no." Like I had to think about it. So he's like, "Whatever." And then he swears one thing later. He's, I forget what the thing he said, but he's like. He, sw- he swore again. He's like, yeah, it was fucking worth it or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, amazing, amazing scene here. Uh, we get um, also Roy saying when she goes to get Jamie, uh, Roy says about Phoebe, she might be an old soul, but she's a proper fucking dweeb, which is reminiscent of uh, the Trent Krim line. Like, what a fucking dork. Um, You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we also get uh, – the uh, amazing button where Jamie says your sister's fit and boss, what does Roy say? I will cut your eyes out. Yeah, right away. No, no delay. This and Jamie laughed immediately. Like he it, knew it exactly. Yeah. He said it yes, to make him react that way. <laughs> and that was to me like if you like the button of this scene is you are best friends. It is potentially you will never say that. Neither of you will ever say that out loud, but that exchange is an exchange that happened between very good guy friends. I was like, oh, there's, God, there's yeah. a guy I, I won't I won't name, but he uh, met Coach Castleton's mom and and th- had a running joke. I want to say for years about how uh, quote fit <laughs> that was the word he used, but how fit. Castleton's mom was and how he couldn't wait to get his hands on Castleton. And I mean, that went on for years. <laughs> that joke went on and on and on. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're friends. They're friends. He, he's no longer with us. Um, but um, I killed him. <laughs> I love, I, I, I love I ta- the look over from boss. Like, Ooh, things just like, got wait, interesting. Is he, did he really? Is this an admission ta- of guilt? Maybe no, I definitely. I all of a sudden thought like, oh shit, we just got really dark on everybody. Oh man, the guy died, and then then it made sense. But I'm glad you no, don't hurt no, no, anybody. No. no, no, it's all in good fun. No, unfortunately. Right, exactly. <laughs> Teo van der Um Okay, so yeah, we, we see two best friends in the scene, and whether they like it or not, that's what they are. Um, now we go to God. It's such a weird pivot here, but okay. Um, I will say that we got a lot of Edwin Akufo uh, during precious moments of a show ending, where I'm like, "Wow, okay, like, uh, okay, all right, like that's that's fine." Um, you know what it felt like to me, and there's a little bit more of this. Is uh, it felt like the end of a stage musical? Where you just get a number where like all your favorites come back out on stage and do a little do their little verse or their little riff in the song. That's what that felt like to me. Um, the, I mean, I I, the, I thought it, he was used in an interesting way through the episode, and it all it made sense. But yeah, I kind of felt like who else did people love? Oh, people yeah. love the Khufu. All right, how are we going to use him? Like that felt more like that to me. The Tenardiers show yeah. up at the wedding at exactly the right time to solve the entire plot. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a good good comparison, Coach. Um, I uh, in this scene we have Akufu has uh, pretended to make reservations with many different crazed voices uh, for Ola's. Um, 
I will never stop you, Nigerian turd, was a quote. Um, uh, he's, he has, we find out the reveal that he has paid, uh, the Nigerian government $20 million to not have Sambi on the Nigerian team. I, um, yeah, so. That is okay. a working definition of fuck you, bunny. Like, that is a, that is, that is a solid definition of a person having fuck you money. Like, just to kick you in the nuts, I will pay $20 million. Wow. You know, the, the, yeah. So listen, this part for me was, um, it's supposed to be funny. And a Kufo actor is funny. And the, the, the stuff with Vincent is funny. Uh, please don't do, oh, sorry, not Vincent, Francis. The stuff with Francis is please don't do this, Francis. There was that beat that was, but so uh, from an athlete's perspective, if someone paid to keep me off my national team, that is, that is like, I, I, I changed in that scene. So I know this is not everybody. I really, I read that Mm -hmm. some people said, Oh, it's the funniest scene in the whole thing. The Francis, you know, please don't do this. Francis, like Sam's face going through the hand slapping, like whatever. But I was so incensed. (laughs) Like, as I was like, that is that you have, this is a generational wound. You know what I mean? Like you've taken my dream and paid. Yeah. 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 So I'm like the part of me that like is in love with Ola is like, I want Ola to get wind of this and and stir up stuff back in Nigeria, and then we see somehow this bite Akufo in the ass somehow because I don't like Akufo at all. Um, I just don't like him. I don't like. Uh, it's hard to make uh, billionaires likable, but billionaires who hurt people because they don't get their way like babies uh, is even more uh, disturbing to me. And so later on, we can talk about some other scenes, but. Uh, Anyway, yeah. I mean, listen, if this scene just was a, was a straight up uh, comedic bit for you and it landed that way, that's great. I was really hurt by what he did to Sam. So, Well, I, I, I'll say I, I'm somewhere in between the two things you just des- described because I, I did think it was very funny. And, you know, even, you know, Pinky Dick, I mean, Sam, and then making that his whole name, like all that I thought was just like so juvenile and stupid and right in line with how he left off. But I did feel we know what this means to Sam. And if you've watched the entire show, I mean, this is the poster he put in the fire. Like, this is, we know this is everything for him. And I thought it was an opportunity to show uh, a Ted element to him that was like, if that's Roy, somebody dies. It could be Francis. It could be Edwin. It could be somebody, but somebody's going to fucking die in this restaurant right now. Yes. But right. that's not his his take is, yeah, right. You found glass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's terrible. That's an awful thing to do, but I'm not going to react. Like, my Daphne would be very pleased with this reaction, um, and I know that because of feedback I've gotten about certain reactions I've had that are much closer to the uh, Roy end of the spectrum. I'll just leave it there. Right, right. But let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that this is the, this is the, um, the location where a, a, uh, hate crime took place, first of all. 
And then you have another black African man, mm-hmm. you know, sort of coming in here. And, and I was like, wait, no, you, we should be, you know, somehow, listen, I understand the natural rivalry between Nigeria and Ghana. That's not lost on me, especially mm-hmm. in the, in the realm of soccer. Um, but I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, come on, whatever that part. And then there's, there was a scene, there was a beat in the scene where I, I was, I was, oh, this is just me, but I was very conscious of Simi watching the whole thing and how this would land with her because, okay, let's say Daphne was watching this with you. She knows you're a hothead and, and so she would be proud of you to show restraint. Now, Simi, what does Simi know about Sam? She knows he's a Ted Lasso. Is this the time where he shouldn't show restraint? I was waiting for a, like a pan to hit. Like they had, they had Akufo's face in frame inches away from Sam's face. Like, I'll never stop you, Nigerian turd. I'm going to open up a restaurant. I've just brought in the Times, the, the food critic for the Times, who is so solidly in my pocket. I'm like, you unethical shit. The, the, the yeah, food critic, horrible. I'm like, you're terrible. And so I was like, oh, this is like, I just didn't like anything about it. I didn't like how unethical the reporter the journalist was and whatever i know it was all for comedy's sake but for me i'm like i just wanted to see simi hit akufa with a pan <laughs> you know and then i'm like okay just somebody hit this guy like <laughs> oh it's just ter- terrible terrible um i know i'm not i shouldn't advocate for violence but i was like man i don't like anything about this this is like what did sam do again he he didn't he, he wasn't you know part of your i'm gonna create a whim super team kind of thing african super team like what Whatever, whatever. Okay, now we get Nate um, leaving his house. There's no paparazzi out. He ends up in his parents' house. There's not not a whole lot there. Dad's got a cricket bat. Mom is calling the cops. He goes in. He goes to sleep. Uh, I did notice Lloyd was like, "Hey, if your mom offered Nate some food," and Lloyd said, "Well, if you are cooking," and she's like, "Oh, stop it, Lloyd." And I'm like, "Good for her," but also like, "Are you fucking serious, Lloyd? The kitchen is right there. Learn to cook." No, well, if you're hungry, oh yeah. Well, in the in yes ending that I thought it was a nice. I appreciated this peek into their relationship. <laughs> that you know, I I appreciate these peeks into your personal life. But I, for me, it was deeply significant that when no one else is in the room, she's like, "Ah, we knock it off." Like, I think it's it speaks to like culturally, like it's not as when people think like, oh, in certain you know cultures, patriarchal or it's this or it's that. There's always more nuance to it than that. And I feel like if there had been other people in that room, she might have either cooked or gently said, you know, oh, there's blah 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 in the fridge. I don't know what she would have said, but I doubt she would have like shut him down like that if anyone else were present. But this is the core of their relationship. So like when he's railing at the newspaper or talking shit like ultimately she's like yeah blah 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 but guess what like when i don't feel like cooking you'll fucking starve how's that it's a side we certainly haven't seen out of nate's mom before um so we'll we'll, we'll have to explore that a little bit now we get uh keely back at kjpr and boss what's happening here uh, her name has been, or not her name. It, God, I'm pulling a Rebecca here with a, yes, he's playing. Um, the KJPR has been <laughs> X'd out on the directory. Uh, she's supposed to be going up to the office. We see the elevator doors open and her standing there, not moving, not wanting to go face the empty office. Yep. Not a whole lot there. Then we move over to um, Higgins's office. Uh, and Rebecca storms in and he spills his tea again. And boss, what happens here? Rebecca asks what, if he thinks that 
it's a good idea for her to go to the Edwin Akifo Super League meeting. She's worried that Rupert has only asked her there because she's a woman and that'll look good for them. Uh, the takeaways were basically that Rebecca it, it wants to see what Leslie thinks, although I think he was pretty far down on the list. Um, what he basically says is, who cares why Rupert asks you if you have a seat at the table, go and see what's up. Good advice. That's great. That's fine. My issue with the scene is that he starts it by saying, when she says she doesn't want to go to the meeting, he says, oh, why? Because he's an emotionally erratic billionaire with the temperament of one of those kids in the Willy Wonka that gets murdered at the chocolate factory. That's plenty of good reason to not go to a meeting. Right. Like, Sam would tell you what this guy was like. There is no reason to get into business with him ever, regardless of how much money he has. Yeah, but Kagan says, you know, you're at the table. You got to go. Um, there's a thing about basketball players. I don't know if it's Michael Jordan. Coach, you might help me with this quote. It's just like a thing that it's sort of a common sports reference where it's like, are you one of the guys that wants to have the ball in oh, yeah. at the end of the game? Yeah, I don't know what, what it was referring to. Yeah, but it's like any yeah. sport. Are you the mm-hmm. one that wants to, you know, take be on shot. the line? You take that last thing in mm-hmm. basketball because you have that last second buzzer beater. Right, right. Um, but in general, you're the type of athlete that – wants the ball in your hands in key moments or are you not? And I thought it was funny that Higgins is not. He's like, Oh, uh, where's Keely? Where's Rowe? You know, like everybody, he's like, go find Ted. Like, That's and then funny. finally when he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, what about your mom? She's like, are you shitting me or something? She's like, are, you are you fucking like, with me? Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, let's do this shit, which I thought was really, it's like him trying to pump himself up. Um, there's a funny line in there where he says, I hate to break it to you, Rebecca, but those children are dead about the Willy Wonka children. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. I enjoyed that, but I was like, this is super random. But it, in the context of Ted Lasso, I was like, all right, I'm going to rock with you on this one. But I don't know. This one, I was like, wow, Higgins has some very clear and strong feelings about Willy Wonka. Like, okay, all right. I, yes, I, I guess. But well, those he also kids says, are definitely dead. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're 100% dead. No question. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, there's also the moment where he's like, hey, if if you get in that room and then, you know, people start to disappear based on their own hubris or something like that, like another Willy Wonka reference, you get the hell out of there or something. So, anyway, he, he, he uh, suggests that she's at the table, just see what's what. Um, and now we find out that Keeley has not um, – has not actually gone upstairs. Coach, you open your mouth. You want one final thing on that? Yeah, I just think it's important in terms of paralleling uh, Rebecca's uh, metamorphosis or whatever into truly boss, which I think is part of what we're seeing here, and Keely, right? Because when she gave, when she offered Keely um, a job, you know, and they had that whole joke about, you know, blowjobs and hand jobs and feet jobs. Um, some of that was Keely going, oh, I don't want you to just give me a job because I was nice to you in the loo. And her reaction to Keely was, well, why not? Men do this all the time. So in a way, I thought that Higgins was echoing her advice and saying, who gives a shit why he invited you? Like, we might get rich, but go find out what's going on. Yeah, or just keep the option open, right? Yeah. Like, you're at the table. Why would you not? Listen, hmm. you know, there's no, there's no, just by going, you doesn't cost you to listen. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, so, well, yeah, but we find that out. That's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole, whole other thing. <sighs> that's a whole other choice. Um, uh, we have Keely at the pub and boss 
what is happening here at the pub? I, this was utterly confounding to me that Keely and May might not know each other at this point. And I'm like, oh, I guess, huh? I was trying to remember how uh, if we've seen Roy at the bar because Jamie was there, but only once, and that was after Ted and Beard started going. So maybe this isn't like it's the Richmond bar, but maybe it's not the Richmond team's bar. It's only Ted and Beard's bar. Anyway, so yeah, um, Keely does not go up to her office. She does instead go to the pub. She is drinking what appears to be whiskey on the rocks. Good for her. That's that's a hell of a drink, ma'am. Um, at the bar, May comes over and pours her another one. They chat a little bit. Uh, she does ask May her name, so they definitely haven't met before. And when May says it's May, she says, oh, I wasn't expecting that. It's pretty, which I don't know. That's also a complicated complicated compliment keely yeah um yeah uh and then there's we'll a maybe joke right after that too boss there's a maybe she's joke like right oh it's so short for something maybe oh maybe. maybe how long have you had this but yeah yes and she's call me maybe reference years. i don't know oh i i thought it was um uh arrested development reference oh wow maybe, really maybe maybe funke yeah no i know yeah yeah no no i definitely know Arrested development. That's so funny. Yeah. Wow. Maybe and that is interesting. Uh, okay. Her her fake her she creates a, a twin named Shirley. It's one of my yeah. favorite jokes. Yes. Maybe and Shirley. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, I I'm enjoying it. I'm waiting to see if he, if he actually <laughs> dies. I'm kind of enjoying the dying slowly. Oh, like episode yeah. by episode, you could just see the life just drain from him. You just see it. Listen, happening. it's just it's just we're really late in the game, folks. You know, I'm not. Try- I really i I just love this show so much. It just seems like God. So many. It's really weird to introduce certain things at the, the at this like, point. Yeah, yeah. It's like wow, this is the well. For instance, the, the zipper is going up, not down in certain ways. And I mean, it's fine. What's the what is it when you have the opposite of Midas touch? The Midas shits. That feels like. A callback to many different things. The opposite, you know, references with Zava and some other. Was well, the, the whole episode, the whole season is about shit and clearing the shit, the whole, and dealing with the yes. shit. But also, where did this come from? That everything that Keely touches is a shit because we've seen her over two years go from a sort of model who's famous for sort of being famous to running her own PR firm that failed and it's in its first iteration. But a lot of people have businesses that fail. The first businesses fail, like. She doesn't seem to, like she has a shit, might of shit at all. Well, I don't think that's oh, You guys want to deep dive this thing. so badly. Oh, my Coach, God. Okay, that's right. All right. That's fine. Fine. That's, fine. Just that's right. Fine. I know. I get it. We also haven't talked about she's avoided three calls, three missed calls from Rebecca, which I'm like, what? what is the – I don't know if they've stacked enough bricks with – like, why would she be avoiding – I think she would want Rebecca here – more than anything, All right, but later this is on, find, like now, like no, don't no, no, say no, no, don't no. deep dive and then bring that up. Okay, we also get we also get a text from Jack that says, "Sorry for the delay. Uh, still in Argentina. Time difference messed me up. This is fucked. There was nothing I could do." Hey, fucking I, Jack and Higgins. The time differences cannot explain this. Oh, that's nice. bullshit. That's good. I like it. Um, one quick thing, because I think it'll matter later. Edna, Edna May Oliver was going to play the Wicked Witch of the West, and with all the um, with all the stuff about the Wizard of Oz in that bar, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. So I just wanted to make sure we flag that she didn't ultimately, but it's I bumped into that. 
I don't think it was a coincidence also that um, May says, like the man once said, once you make it to the top of the mountain, what's left to you but lightning? Keely says, is it good or bad? Just depends what you're ready for or whatever she says. Uh, I don't think there's that's a coincidence that uh, Roy says uh, to, to about relationships to Rebecca, you should find someone makes you feel, you should feel like you're struck by fucking lightning. Fuck fine. Nice. It's fun. Right. So I think that that sets up something we're going to come to um, quick, quick hit things here of Nate, Ma- Nate's mom covering up and delivering him food. He's just like in hibernation mode. Uh, he must've been under some, some incredible stress in his flat, but now that he's home, he's able to, I guess, just start to sleep it off. And his mom is really babying him and, and taking care of him as a, a sort of, uh, food with food delivery. Uh, it's just a really quick, quick scene there. Uh, now we have what, uh, what is Roy doing the next scene here, coach? Uh, Roy's walking in. We see people reacting. Um, he's got the red, orange, and yellow, uh, tie dye shirt that was his uncle's day gift. Um, so there's a reveal of that funny people reacting, laughing. Liam laughs until Roy turns around and does a Roy yes. glare and, um, that shuts that shit down right away. Laughing Liam. Laughing Liam. That was great. Uh, great callback. That's what I mean about the final bows. Like, I feel like there's some people we've seen along the way who are getting a chance to say goodbye. Um, and yeah, so we continue on, but everyone is just in shock. He goes into the office, Beard, Ted, Trent. Like, no one can believe their eyes. Mr. What did he say he wears? Charcoal gray or whatever he called it. It wasn't charcoal gray. It was some, but it was some gray that's not actually black that everybody else thought was black. But he has now abandoned that for red, orange, and yellow tie-dye, which is a pretty big shift. He does look great in it. Oh, no, yeah. He looks good. Yeah. But he doesn't wear – Roy's a dark color guy. That's it. Never wears light color. I don't know why he was wearing this. I know it was a gift to him. But I was like, why is he actually wearing it? I, that I get. Uh, I got the, well, did I miss something there? I, I just assume, you know, she said you look great, right? So I just assume that that for Phoebe, you know, like, you're going to yeah. wear it, right? You're going to wear it tomorrow? Like, yeah. I, I just, I just, we didn't see that scene, but I just assume with the enthusiasm around Uncle's Day that that's what that was about. Yeah. That makes a lot and of sense. And I think uh, also uh, he picks her up from school. So he had to wear it. He could have changed, but he had to wear it to pick Phoebe up from school. Yeah, that's all good. I mean, one of the big moments we glossed over was when he was holding that up. He said, I loved it to Jamie's present, which was amazing. And then he really, Jamie and uh, Roy's sister were so proud of Roy when he said, thank you. Like he found found it somehow. <laughs> and they were like both proud of him. They're like, uh-huh, good. Oh, good. Like, well done. Well done, Roy. Um, all right. So um, now we uh, we get we go from the um, laughing Liam of it all. Uh, listen, there was a beautiful moment uh, here with Ted Beard and Beard trying to get Ted's attention cracked me up. Ted being clueless uh, and not being able to get his attention is again. We talked about Ted being having ADHD. That's also part of it. Where the hyper people like the amount of times my kids are like dad, dad. It's like a joke. It's like a running joke in our family. Like dad, 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 dad. Like what, what what like or I'll answer thirty I'll answer a question thirty seconds later because I heard the question, but then I was processing something else. I gotta clear that out of the inventory before I <laughs> answer their question. Um so anyway, uh we we uh I thought that was great. Beard throwing something to finally get Ted's attention. And then this nice moment with Trent, Ted, 
and and Roy, uh, no, sorry, Trent, Ted, and Beard, where they just sort of did this wordless, like, okay, like, how do we, huh, okay, like, they all sort of agreed to accept this, sort of, like, it felt and like the lasso way being shown in the smallest, like in, in smallest increment. Yeah, thousands upon thousands of incremental, you know, microtransactions or whatever they said. Uh, you know, little, all these little interactions over a three-year period, and this was this is one of them. This this exemplified that. Um, we get Keely at the bar stacking um, coaster things, the little coasters they they put on the bar. Um, uh, was there anything important in this scene, boss? I don't remember. No, just that she's still in the bar. Yeah, I'm just still ignoring Rebecca's texts. I do think the the way they're cutting this back and forth without getting into the specifics of it does highlight the Keely Nate paralleling that I, I think they really brought out in uh, season two. So I just want to highlight that. We'll discuss whether or not it was effective at a later date. Uh, I, I felt a little, I thought it was a little jarring for me, but um, uh, we get Nate. Uh, it's like a prison scene. You don't see Nate. You just see the the warden drop off the food, slides it in, empty empty tray comes sliding out. You don't, whatever. Uh, it's a nice little, little sort of prison beat there. Um, then you got the, now, oh, okay. Uh, okay, this is one of the things. I, this is so pathetic, but I'll, I'll own it is that I'm so invested, like in season two, I'm so invested in the soccer and the team, and like I want to see like soccer beats, that that was one of the reasons the episode almost, I was like, oh, we just need a little more glue from the soccer team to kind of, like I, I would have said, oh, if you could just swap out like some of the other beats for just some soccer anything. And that, and that listen, again, the show chooses what the show does, and then we react. Um, now you have a, con- a CONCACAF uh, competition. CONCACAF is... If you've never heard it and you can't believe I'm not choking, uh, CONCACAF is the Confederation of North, Central America, and Caribbean Association Football. It's a real thing. And that's when I said, like, the U.S. plays Canada and Mexico and you play Haiti and stuff like that. Uh, there's a bunch of teams you play, Costa Rica. Um, and that's what's happening there. It's the Mexico versus um, uh, Canada match. And this is there's a beautiful thing here that I don't know if people know, but the announcers of this match. Did anyone? Do you guys know who these guys are? I only know it because I saw them in the in the credits. It's Ryan Styles and Colin Mockery. Do you know who those guys are? Oh yes. The, whose, whose line, line is, is it anyway? anyway? Yeah. The, yeah, those are the announcers. Two of the most brilliant improv performers to ever walk the planet Earth. They are so goddamn funny. I love them both. They're. They are like uh, treasures, both of them. And um, they do this thing where they talk about Danny getting the ball and he kicks it into Zero's nose. And they say, lots of blood, for gosh sakes. And then they apologize for the language. We apologize for the language there, folks, which is, again, all the best things about Canadians. Both of them are Canadian. I think Ryan Stiles is technically an American, but both of his parents are Canadian, if I if I, if I I heard it right. Um, Colin Mockery is Canadian. And it's I was like, what? Oh, like it's such a great, great uh, casting job. They're right on the money with the Canadian <laughs> for gosh. They apologize for gosh. And they also don't say fruity language, which is a because it would mean something different in North America. Um, and I thought that's, great catch. Yeah, that's cool. true. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, zero gushing blood. Um, 
I know some people said, I don't believe Danny would like just stand by and do that. But I was like, I was like, no, no, I, yeah, no, no, he's, well, he's on the, team Mexico right now. Get you all better. You better, you better learn. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, uh, these guys play for, for wins, for keeps. So the, the, yeah, there's, a, there's a clip I'll, I'll share so that you can put in the episode notes for the deep dive of uh, Kobe Bryant nailing Paul Gasol when uh, the U.S. played Spain. <laughs> they were like boys. They were boys. And he leveled him. Right. It was clear as day. Like, just so everyone on this court understands, we are not teammates today. I was like, damn. So anyway, it happened. Yikes. Yeah. That sounds. Yeah. This had, listen. The, that's it. It's a game. Um, so we move over to Rebecca's office. There is no dialogue in the scene. It's just basically Rebecca looking on her laptop. This is refreshing for me because, um, you know, we can we can talk about how certain things are tied up, but Rebecca on her laptop used to be her looking at pictures of her on a yacht or, you know, whatever, or, or Rupert on a yacht with Bex or whatever the terrible things. And now she's doing her job. Like we've been, I, I specifically yes, yes. have been begging for this and I'm like, oh God, it feels so great to see her be the, the, the owner we know she can be. Um, her laptop says Edwin Akufo reignites talks for Super League. She's doing a little research. Uh, Rupert texts her. I, I do hope you'll come to the uh, Kufu League meeting, not to put pressure on you. And um, she says, I'll be there. Now uh, we have Roy leaving in tie-dye from AFC Richmond. And what happens in this very quick scene, boss? He gets angry, rips his shirt off, throws it on the ground, gets into the car, drives away, come back, picks it up, and then drives away for real. And I was disappointed that we had a Roy Kent shirtless in the parking lot scene that didn't involve Keeley, because obviously when he has his shirt off, she is in the I parking thought, lot with him. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, she's got to show up right here, because this is when, like, uh, yeah. howdy, y'all, cowboys. Right, That's yes. right, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm Roy Kent. Right. Right. And I, I play a game, but I'm mad all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was that so was good. Was God, it. they had such great chemistry way back then. Um that's not <laughs> yeah, don't be trying to sneak <laughs> shit like that in. I like their chemistry <laughs> in this episode. You know what? <laughs> the rapid response is off. We're deep diving. No, <laughs> Just for that. We are uh, deep diving, sir. I am sorry. I'm sorry. That was that was that was dirty pool. Um uh, we do. Uh, we did get it on on the way out with with uh, with Roy leaving the facility, uh, the the Earl uh, Memorial Training Facility. Um, that uh, he he sees that Kenneth, the the Toad's Venom smoking bus driver, uh, is also wearing uh, tie dye. Was like twinsies or something. I forget. I, he did say twins, and I just. He- even before Roy's reaction, I was like, oh, my God, we, may might, we might watch a man combust. Roy may combust. <laughs> that may happen. Um, we now get a shot. I, I, listen, I uh, – okay, the quick cutting has – they've been masterful about the quick cutting, the cross cutting in other episodes. This one, now we get Keeley just walking um, in the shop. Now, we did have in a previous scene May saying she doesn't want to hurt her Yelp rating. She's going to get Keely some food because she doesn't want another skinny drunk girl passing out in her bar because it hurts her Yelp rating or whatever. Now uh, we have Keely walking like in the, 
you know, sort of the commercial district area, like a bunch of shops. Um, and we see her see something. That's it. There's no real anything. Um, we have uh, another cut to Nate's house. Mom removes another tray. Uh, and she brings it back to the kitchen. And this is now the third scene, tray-based scene with Nate. So we're meant to know some time is passing, enough time that several food trays have been uh, have been uh, given and taken. Uh, and we get a shot of uh, Nate's dad, Lloyd, sighing at his uh, perch in the kitchen table. I- I'm, I'm, I'm this is, opening this, it up this for- border, This is yeah. borderline entrapment now. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is borderline entrapment. Yeah. I There's probably look, nothing I, to say about that. It's not much. No. So now, okay. This is a huge, 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 God, hugely important scene coming up. I, I almost like, I almost feel irresponsible not deep diving it and glossing over it because I think that when we look back at Ted Lasso, you know, this is the type of scene with Rebecca in the mirror where this is when you come up with the idea of a character, you have these iconic moments for them. I, I don't know how anyone else writes. I know that if I build, if I'm building out a character, I, I imagine things of in, in their lives and, you know, okay. And then I build, build out from that, you know, sort of crystallizing core element and Rebecca in the mirror, seeing herself as a little girl, I, I'm going to, I'm trying not to get emotional about that because that was, we love Rebecca so much. We have been solidly with her. She has been so goddamn wronged on this show. Like from how she started out, all the, the, the amount of unfair, uh, uh, patriarchal hegemony bullshit that she's had to deal with as the only female owner and, the, you know, all the things Rupert did to her and how the press uh, just raked her across the coals for not doing anything. Um, and we have been on this trip with her the whole time. And to see her see herself that way in the mirror was, I found it very, very powerful. We can we can debate about whether or not it worked, whether or not like the emotional tenor at this point in the in the series or this point in the episode that that was that the right timing for it but i know that if you take if you just step back and just go wait a second that's our rebecca that's our girl and she is she is seeing herself like as much of a departure as that might be in in tone to see her see herself as a little girl like i'm i'm trying to think how if we've seen that type of mechanism used before in the show but um i thought it was was uh notable i thought the scene was beautiful and all the things that you're saying about the deeper connection to her. I don't understand why we're having that moment for Rebecca when she decides if she wants to go to an optional business meeting. Like it didn't feel like the circumstances justified this big of a moment. And we will get more into that. But that was what I kept like. You don't want to be in business with this guy. Why is this happening now? Yeah, we, we'll dive into I, I do think the, what came to mind, I've seen a meme or a post recently where someone asked the question, who are you or who were you uninterrupted? And the point was, you know, before whoever it was, whatever it was, the world interfered with who you fundamentally and basically were in the first place. Who were you then? 
and get and and sort of so the the meme was about getting back to that. And so for me, I I I appreciated that it was a little girl for a flash. I wanted it to be the teenage version, but I actually think no, this is Rebecca uninterrupted. Yeah, it's beautiful, Coach. And 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 boss, you're right. Is this the right place to insert it? Appropriate place, but. Um, you know, we've talked about before about how I, I'm never able to speak for women because I don't know, I don't have their, uh, I just don't have an insight into that. But I know for men, I've always said like, they start out little boys and then they become what we categorize as quote unquote men. And you're, the, the boy is shielded more. We just, people don't see the little boy as much, but as they get older and turn into old men, it becomes so obvious that that little boy has been in there the whole time running everything you know, with a set of gears and you just go, Oh my God. Like, and I think we, we look past that. And I, for one, it's exciting to see behind the curtain for women and say like, okay, how do they experience it? And how do they, uh, you know, I, I always say, yeah, all men are little boys, but are, 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 do all women have that little girl inside them in the same way or in the same, um, you know, is, does it work the same? I'm it just, it's fascinating to see. And I thought, uh, just visually it was, it was, um, Memorable. You're supposed to respond, boss. I'm not a woman. You're supposed to say, yeah, yeah. We all I, know I'm so- I know I know I'm supposed to. I know I'm supposed to, but I was trying to by my face, by the 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 cat who had caught the canary, indicate to you that I didn't want to talk right now because the only thing I keep thinking is I did have a little girl inside me once, but I took a pill for that. And then I got my period. And I'm really sorry that I said that. I told you I didn't want to say it. I told you about the weird energy. And then I made it clear I didn't want to talk. And then you made me make the abortion joke. Because I have to. I can't not take the joke. I have never taken off my headset as long as we've done in all the years we've done this. Oh my God. Oh, Christ. Coach is dancing. Coach is dancing. Wow. Allergy medicine, folks. It, uh, it's real. Oh man, I should not have taken both of those. Okay, wow. let's do that this. moment wow. brought to you by Benadryl. <laughs> Fucking yeah, man! Outstanding. Little, little Claritin Allegra mixer I'm on. It's real mm. good. Mm. Jesus, um, uh, <laughs> Coach, will you walk us through uh, Roy taking Phoebe to school so I can just fan myself a little bit? Yes. And cover. Um, yeah, so Roy walks through a crowd of non-abortions, and um, then I, <laughs> I think I, for the rest of my life, I think I'll refer to children as non-abortions, for the record. Um, no, all right, here we go. I think, we're man, that life force, you can watch it drain. It's like an old school video game where you can see like the energy meter. You can just see his life force just going yes. and going. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes. Okay, all right. Roy takes Phoebe to school 
Enough. So no, we drop we drop Phoebe off. She tells him he looks great. He says some version of thanks or sure or yeah or something that you know says I love you so much. I'm doing this. Um, as if you've ever had kids, little kids in your life, um, who mean a lot to you, you will absolutely do shit like this. Um, and then uh, we bump into uh, Ms. Bowen, who is. Uh, de- definitely attractive and certainly, uh, attractive to Roy, uh, certainly the abstract at least. And so, uh, she asks if he's off to protest the Vietnam War. Solid opening, uh, joke, ribbing. Yeah, that was good. Uh, um, as they talk, uh, she mentions that she's a school teacher, so she doesn't mind cleaning up a mess in reference to him. And that joke was fine. But then she says, I just hope that mess didn't cause too much damage, continuing her flirty, joking, teasing, and doesn't realize that she's like basically given him the uh maybe you should give your teammate space moment in in new form, uh, because he realizes that his mess probably has caused some damage. To which he says, Fudge which nice nice recall on that. And um, then it was great because we got a moment with Ms. Bowen. And generally, I would think, well, why are we dealing with her? But we have spent some time with her, and I feel like maybe this is her bow. And as he hurries away, obviously having had a reaction to that line, she says, smooth move, fuck witch, which I thought, fantastic. I name the kids I, call I love her. her. Yeah. I don't know who's going to date her, but somebody we love has got to date her. She is fantastic. I yeah. really yeah, like this she's character. She's super likable. Yeah. Oh my god, I really like her. Yeah, she'll end up with her own fiance. Um, I I liked this scene. Um, I don't know where it came from, but I liked it. Like it was pleasant to watch as Roy did this. But we'll need to deep dive a lot more about where this stuck Roy came from because I don't know if that's been laid yet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that conversation because I. And I wonder if there's a gender piece, because I was like, oh, no, I, yeah, this totally adds up for me. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, not today. What's the next scene? Move, 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 move. That's right. That's it. That's the spirit coach. Uh, especially, <laughs> let's get let's get as far away from that that boss joke as humanly possible. Oh, my God. What a treasure. What a treasure. The joke and the woman. Uh, we're with Keely and Babs and Keely walks in and Babs is that you guys are both laughing. I'm, I'm narrating and I'm looking at my screen. They are, f- <laughs> Co- coach is falling down. <laughs> laughing. Oh, oh it's God. not funny. Oh it's, my God. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, okay. it's Sorry. terrible. All right. Come on. There's these are heavy, these are heavy topics. You yes, dummies yes. can't just, uh, take it lightly. We only have two shows left. Come on, pull it together. People. Seriously. Um, all right, so uh, Babs is wearing uh, juicy sweatpants, and she says she likes clothes to tell the truth. Um, this is interesting. She's packing up, uh, and she we get a little transaction of the – Keely has bought her a snow globe, and um, there's a nice moment where um, – she says, I have to buy that for it to work, which I'm like, okay, this is, this is what they're trying to say. This is a uh, neurodivergent person. She has certain rules that she lives her life by that are like really hard and fast rules. Mm. And, and we're going to, we're not going to waste time diagnosing her, but we're going to say like, 
this is she doesn't operate. I really like this, and I like the representation, and I like. I thought Katie Nix killed it as as Babs. I just thought she was amazing, um, and she continues to be good in this scene. Um, I, I like close to tell the truth about Juicy. I'm like that is that is a whole she's, a whole lot of yeah. She's feeling herself. I like it. I really like it. I like to seeing her outside of her normal work attire. Mm-hmm. Um, she purchased the snow globe and 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 then Keely says it was actually sixty quid, which is that is a fortune that she paid for. Yeah. that. you know what I mean. That's yeah, that's like a lot of crazy money. money. And Babs is like, oh yeah, I think you may have overpaid <laughs> overpaid for that. Uh, yikes! Someone who eats yogurt in her in her uh, right right in her PJs on the on the tube. So we get that, and then we get a moment where, um, sort of unceremoniously, the KJPR neon light is switched off. Some might say, thankfully. <sighs> I think this is all deep dive territory right now. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for not saying anything. I appreciate the sigh instead of the uh, input. Uh, Nathan's parents now tell them they're going to leave and go to the farmer's market. That's it. That's the scene. We cut over to now Rebecca arriving at the Akufo League. Um, she goes in. Gentleman takes her coat, a butler of some sort, uh, some some worker there. Um, Rupert follows her in. And then Miss Bread comes in, tells him Miss Fecalist says everything's thumbs up, which is uh, he's embarrassed. She says, "What happened, Miss Bread? Like, what happened to uh, Cakes? What happened to the corporate pixie dream girl?" Rebecca asks. That's that's definite deep dive stuff. That is a very specific thing for Rebecca to say. Very specific. Yeah, he says she skewed uh, dramatic. And then we walk in and we get to see, I believe it's Robert from Cerithium Oil. It sounded like that was the gentleman we were talking about, right? Isn't that the one that always compliments Rebecca's looks? That's who I thought it was. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I got the sense that was who that was supposed to be. Because it, it was similarly similarly slimy. Like, there's a way to yeah. say, hey, you're hot, and I'm going to make a comment about that without making it feel like everybody's going to have to take a shower. And somehow he always says the wrong version it's so gross um rebecca says she makes a joke when rupert comes in she's like oh how can i pass up an afternoon of old white men looking at my talking directly to my chest or something along those lines and rupert laughs um and this is uh an insight into how they sort of used to be i think once upon a time there was a sense of humor between them or something mm-hmm. or he appreciated her her wit I, I don't really know but um they go in there the robber character is you know talking about her looks again and of course she has to take the god it's so infuriating i'm watching this as a man and i want to like snap somebody and i can't even imagine watching this as a woman i'm like i'm like it is how are these absolute null sets running anything you know what I mean? Like you just go. I'm, I'm feeling like fucking Robespierre. <laughs> just come, just flowing inside me. Like, oh my god! Like, what are we? You know, whatever. Not that's yeah. not the ideal character to have in your blood, but I'm just like these guys. Man, they are. Oh, oh, great casting because because there wasn't a single one that you're like, yeah, no, he's probably pretty good. And you're like every last one of them. Mm-hmm. You take one look and you're like, I. Oh, now I know why we are where we are. Uh, yeah, this room? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I get it. Yep. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. No, our secret is the same as the Hulk's. We're always angry. Like, that's that's the, the defense for it. You don't get angry. You just stay there. Then it's always 
fine. Makes sense. I've said more than once, if tomorrow morning we wake up and half the men have had their throat slit, I mean, we got to admit, we had it coming. We had it coming. (laughs) (laughs) That is very graphic. Are are you guys okay today? (laughs) No. No, I, I, I explained about the weird energy, right? Holy mackerel. It's, it's, it's bleeding off into coach, though. Throat slit? I mean. Damn, coach. How do you expect us to uh, total podcast? If, if I'm moving towards you, Bishop <laughs> needs to move towards me. You need to move into his space. I think you're the weak link here. That's right. You, I'm not doing it wrong. Dog. You're doing it wrong. Go get a dog and strip. <laughs> That's yes. right. All right. All right. You got to stop. Stop, stop playing to me and stop playing through me. All right, so we got um, Nate now is going through. We got uh, the song "Light" by Michael Kiwanuka. I, oh God, you're not gonna. I'm be very hard pressed to find less uh, needle drops. I liked less than the placement of this song, as Nate was like going through stuff in his house and looking through. I, I was like, this is very saccharine, and if you're into it, it's beautiful. And some people loved it, and I was like, okay, that's great. Like, again, I'm I um. Yeah, I want to be there, and I'm going to try to. I'm going to do multiple rewatches of the show for the deep dive, and maybe I'll get to to this place. I'm still um, trying to yarn wall exactly what the redemption arc, arc for Nate is, but there are things in this episode that I was like impressed with with regard to the Nate storyline. Um, I think you know his choice to come home is telling. I think p- having parents that that were there for him, um, even just physically, sometimes. You just have to be there for your kids physically, you know, like they just have to look up from the stands or look up from the ice or look up forever and see you standing there and that you've done your job. It's there's, you know, so many parents can't even do just that. So um, at least the parents were there and the mom was like fantastic, uh, you know, really taking care of him. Um, and this is a beat where he just starts to explore photo albums and things. Uh, he goes up to the attic and we see him find a musical instrument of some kind. We don't know what it is. It's, you know, it looks like a violin sized case uh and you know we'll find out later anything you guys want to talk about with nate's searching montage we do more of it and i think we'll pull them together but i do think it's important that the pieces that seem to be holding or grabbing his attention um and, and meriting a review are his revisiting of his boyhood and I think that, you know, especially with all that's going on throughout the series, but certainly what's going on in this episode, that Nate is getting back to, you know, taking a taking a, a new look, taking a look at that little boy through new eyes. Um, you know, it lines up interestingly with Rebecca's moment in the mirror and some other things that go on. So I just that that Coach, that what, struck me as important. What did you say like 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 when you're little, it's who you are before life? What, interrupted what was that who were you interrupted okay yeah before, yeah yeah who were you uninterrupted and i and i guess maybe that's where he went is to like figure out who he was uninterrupted yeah yeah or look at something with new eyes so i really like your points about this scene and um yeah we can explore it more no coach you had your no go ahead what were you gonna say no, I know you're dying. Just it's it's ser- it's totally d- deep dive stuff, but I, but but I think the experience of looking at pictures of your childhood, especially pictures that maybe you haven't looked at in a long time or um, haven't looked at a lot, we have a way of we have a way we remember things, and I think 
that doesn't always line up. It certainly doesn't always line up with the facts, but I think it also doesn't always line up even with how when we get to take a look at it or we have a conversation with someone else who was there, we can really discover that like our our version of how it went is not necessarily exactly how it went. And I think there may be some truth to that here with Nate, but we'll get into that on the deeper dive. Nice. I mean, mine is, but maybe yours isn't. I don't know. I'm not no, just me. I'm the, I'm the only one. <laughs> no, no, I remember. I remember perfectly. Yeah, I'm sure. I haven't lived in a fantasy world for most of my life. Um, okay, so now we get. It's funny. We get a little scene of Roy buying a card, which I'm like, oh, you know, it's so funny. You don't have that scene. I I would bet so much money they shot that as an insert later because, like, that's where you tested out, and then you got people like, well, where do you get the card? Like, you're like, really? Yeah, like, you, you care give a about, shit that? about the all right. Like that's where you're okay. I guess we'll fucking shoot him getting a card. Yeah, like that's exactly right. Uh, right? Because it's such a weird scene. Like there's no dialogue, nothing outside the shop. Seeing him pay. Mm. That's it. It was what four seconds. Uh, all right. Okay. Um, now we get. We're back to the uh, Kufa League. Uh, they've done the thing where they are uh, seated at the table. He said, "Oh, we can't do any business on a empty stomach." He says, "Before we start, uh, now that we've eaten, we can start, but we got to do handle something first. And they're just silent. And the Russian member Nikolai of the delegation um, excuses himself because the optics of having a Russian at the table are not good. Um, the, I like that yeah. there are no friends. Like there's a level that when we first come in, like some guys are standing around and joking, and there's almost the idea that these guys are friends. They are not friends. They are co-conspirators. They're like you're gonna you're gonna jack up our plan. You're out of here. Like there's no like there wasn't like they have no loyalty to him, and he expects none. Like he's like, oh yeah, right. Like I'm I can't do this now because we attacked a country. All right. Well, anyway, I'll see you guys around. Yeah. Um, we missed it earlier when Akufo said, everybody sit down and let's eat. I forgot to mention, those are not Chicago hot dogs. It's not a Chicago hot dog. I don't know what it is. It's not a Chicago hot dog. Because a Chicago you know, hot dog has yeah, sport girl. peppers and poppy seeds. Uh, and those visibly are missing from whatever they put down. Remember a few years ago when everything was cake? When, you know, they'd be like, oh, let's cut this shoe. And then it was cake on the inside. Mm -hmm, These mm -hmm. hot dogs look like if somebody said, make a hot dog out of cake, but also make that cake look like a depressed pillow of a hot dog. Like, it's not appetizing. I wrote an entire post about it already this morning at The Antagonist. Please go read it. I'm really angry. You just, that, that cartoon running sound is me going to read this because I'm just... <laughs> There's nothing that brings me the particular joy of someone being completely pissed off about a detail, about something small. Yes. Love it. Love you should, it. You should have heard the internal message boards this morning. It was like people <laughs> making really interesting, insightful like observations. And then boss came in and she's like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> but what the fuck are those? Those are not. You, he stresses so much that it's a Chicago hot dog and then it isn't. You don't yeah. cite three famous Chicagoans who ate Chicago hot dogs and then show us that. It's not true. I yeah. I I well, I'm sorry. This is why people come here, boss, the hard hitting analysis. That's uh that's that's what we're all about. Next we'll um, be showing I, thin crust pizza. Oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, when Nikolai leaves, I had shades of uh, Douglas Hodge as Ge- General uh, Velamentov in The Great. Did anybody watch The Great? Either one of you guys watch the show no, The Great? No. The great. Do you There's do this- not want to get me started on The Great? It. Mm, I am not happy with it. It is not an accurate portrayal of Catherine's life, and I am not thrilled about it. Oh, my God. Can, are you happy about anything? Hot dogs? Catherine the Great? What are you happy I love, about? I, love, I would refer I love, us back to the uh, aforementioned abortion joke. She seems to enjoy that. I really enjoyed the shit out of that. God knows I love it. Anytime <laughs> there's a, a joke Can we to be made. move I, on I, from it? We can't. It's, we live here now. I'm sorry. This is where we live. Um, uh, I just I jumped love, up and down for those of you who are still stuck. Biggie's all fired up. Yeah. Jesus. And this is actually, a total train wreck, this, this episode. This episode is, oh, yeah, th- there's nothing usable here. Also, I actually love Catherine the Great herself very much, and her whole story is amazing, but the TV show is not what she did. So, no, I saw the first season and then I bailed. Yeah, well, it's absolutely tremendous show and one of the best shows on television. Uh, but, you know, that's fine as long as it doesn't meet to your standards. Um, uh, so we get uh, Kufo making uh, his pitch to the team once the the Russian uh, owner, potential Russian owner, has left. He fed him, but then kicked him out after he fed him. Um, and we get finally get a text from uh, Keeley at long last. Rebecca gets a text, talks about how everyone was all just kids. Um now we have Nate finally playing the violin over top. He he is a, uh, it seems like excellent at the violin, like like very talented. I believed it. I don't know if Nick Muhammad plays the violin, but it sure as hell looked like he did. Like I was like Jesus Christ. Sometimes you look at it, yes. you know, someone playing the fake piano, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're not yeah. playing that. No, but he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, the, the way he tuned it. Sorry, again. Uh, I was going to say, uh, he tweeted this morning that he was playing his old violin and that his wife is playing the piano to accompany him. Yeah, it looked like this it. is so manipulative. They know I want to love him and they're trying everything. They're going to just have him come out with like a Panamanian World Cup jersey in the next season. Like just we will win Orlando over without doing what he said must be done. Like they're just really working it. I, I want to come back to this later during the deep dive, um, but I would like to mention this scene specifically. I have mentioned Community before, um, the episode Intermediate Documentary Filmmaking, where LeVar Burton shows up, and it's one of the best episodes in the entire series. At the end, Abed, who has been doing a documentary, said, um, I thought the documentary format would be like fish in a barrel, but as is the case with real fish in the barrel, after a while it becomes cramped, chaotic, and stinky. Fortunately, if your documentary is turning out just as messy as real life, wrap it up with random shots, which, when cut together under a generic voiceover, suggests a a profound thematic connection. Kind of what this scene was for me. Like, it did work because the music was beautiful and the violin was beautiful and Nick Muhammad, like, it shot wonderfully, all of those things. But I'm also like, what the fuck are we actually watching here, though? Like, emotionally, it was a little bit effective. I just don't understand it. Now, are you saying these the the sequence in the sort of like with the meeting and with everything? Are you saying specifically yes. the Nate side of things? No, no, no. Like the whole scene, the it, Rebecca intercuts. So you're talking about Rebecca, Rebecca's powerful yes. speech. Okay, this is a deep dive. Yes. So Sorry. Yes, we'll stop. Yeah. No. 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 But this is this is important. This is uh this is every bit the speech of Ted's believe stuff mm-hmm. and and uh, you know this this is this is a moment. And for some some people, I know I've read online. 
this is it. This for them, they're sobbing uncontrollably. And um, I love that. I love that it hit that well, that hard for so many people. I didn't cry, but it did. It, her speech did work for me in a, in a, in a couple ways. And, and I'll, I'll say for me, actually, yes, what she said about football. Yes, the story she brought up and humanized uh, Rupert a bit. Uh, but more than that, I thought it was how she delivered it. She just took charge of that room. Like it wasn't, it was no more, hey, I'm going to make myself big so that I don't feel small. She's like, no, actually I'm big and you're small and I'm in charge. And I see that little boy that you think you hide so well behind a wall of money. Yeah. And now I'm going to yell at him and you're going to feel like I'm about to send you to your room. Yeah, but that, uh, this is deep diving already. I will say that I loved what she said. It was actually a little off-putting to me that it felt like she was being the scolding mom to a room full of naughty schoolboys. It, like, it, it wasn't Ooh. my favorite. Oh, I definitely want to discuss that. Yeah. Interesting. You know, you mentioned LeVar Burton. Uh, he followed me on Twitter uh, for three days one time. Three greatest days of my life. Really? Yeah. LeVar Burton. Yep. You believe that? Hell yes. I don't know why oh. he, he abandoned me after three days, but I was, I was not bitter about it. I just was happy to have the three <laughs> the three days. Um, it's pretty exciting. Um, okay, so... Um, uh, One time I was a- followed for a day and a half by uh, Tay Zonday, he who sang the song Chocolate Rain uh, that was on The Soup. Wow, uh, wow. Yeah, he stopped right away, but for a little bit. It's better oh, to have retweeted nice. and lost. That is yeah. exactly right and beautiful. Is this a fucking joke, Rebecca says, as part of the speech, which is right directly connected to Trent's original mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. one thing. She asks how many how much more money we're gonna go through the whole speech at the at a later date, but how much more money do any of you really need? I always ask that. I'm like, how many like what what how much more? Anyway, um and just because we own these teams doesn't mean they belong to us, which is a very Ted Lasso, almost direct quote about when he let PB and J into the uh into the stadium, Nelson Road. Um, over the top of this, as we do the montage, we have Nate's violin playing over. You have some cross-cutting. We get a beat of the team watching as Jamie enters for Team England for the very first time wearing Sam's number. And I was – that that was so beautiful. Every – you know, listen, it's not fair because all, the, all these beautiful moments center around Jamie's arc because that's the one – arc that I think is really sort of flawless and perfect and everything about it has been timed perfectly. Um, but that, wow, that moment, the beats with Sam and Jamie have been phenomenal and seeing him in 24, I like, I'm like, I really want, a, now I want a Jamie Tart 24 England Jersey. And I also want a Roy, Can- Roy Cunt, <laughs> like, like 2014 or whatever. I would absolutely oh. get that. I would put that right? on my wall. I would put Both that. Both of those. Yeah, you're like, those are great. Yep. Ah. Also, I noticed not for nothing, but while the team was watching, they were all drinking Darsteiner beer, which is the beer. This is a little tiny little Easter egg, but that's the beer that Jamie did the advertise. Like that's my right. beer be the Brunicorn. When he, yes. yeah, Brunicorn. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of I, empty Darsteiners. I, I, again, with the jersey number, and obviously it was set up earlier when he called him two four. This is just to me, like for me and my experience, and maybe it's a little different in soccer slash football, but I, I, the way it's treated, I, I would think not. This is just short of him, of Jamie having a son and naming it Sam. Like, I'm serious, actually. 
Um, as it turned out, I gave my son 45 his last year playing for me when I was coaching the, like, I just made a point of like, I don't pull this almost ever. I never say, give my kid the ball. I never do any of that. I want my kid to wear 45 this year. And it just so happened that his best buddy as they've been growing up, what, 35? And my buddy, Kenyatta, who was probably my best friend, like my senior year of high school, what, 35? So I took a picture between the two of them in 45 and 35 and posted it on Facebook and tagged him and said, look at this, 45 and 35 back together again. And that's like the level of like attachment. So when he ran out there, I was like, Oh my God. You can't like you can't have enough locker room moments to to equal what it was for him to say, I'm not wearing nine. I'm not wearing nine. That's no, that's me, me, me. And I'm not that dude anymore. That's not right what you did to my boy. So he's not gonna put, you know, no black tape, but he certainly let his feelings be known. You're right, coach. That was that was awesome. I've talked on the on the podcast many times about how my kids are not athletes, but my 13 year old wanted to play flag football, and um, I I was not emotionally invested in it at all about the numbers. My number was three growing up. That's what, I was always number three. And um, and the other day he had his first flag football thing. They gave out the uniforms. I didn't, you know, I was like, I'm not. I'm just here to support him and hope he hope he learns and does well. And I and I look. And Juliana bumps me on the arm. She's like, look. And he was wearing number three. It didn't just accidental. Did you get choked but, up? Were you like, oh my yeah, god? Yeah, I'm. I'm choking. Just yeah, no, I took yeah, pictures. I, would, I, I sent. Would, I yeah, sent it yeah. to my friend, and I was like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. And I, I didn't engineer it. Uh, but when you were saying that about your friend, forty five and thirty five, like God, men are so dumb. But that hit yeah. me so hard. And it is. It's a. It's a. It's an homage, and it. It's. Te- it's as tender as we get. You know, in, 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 in as far as you can have a number, you think about. The, the terrible things Jamie said to Sam in the old days, and you would never have bet, never in a million years would you think, when he gets his shot at the national team. Right. He's going to wear Sam. He is going to honor Sam. That is powerful. Man, that's – God, I love that. I love Sam and uh, love Jamie and and love that arc and love that connection and all the big moments. And, man, I've said it before, but – Sam giving Jamie the finger while holding the captain's armband but, is so good. It is so good. And Jamie trying to sweet talk. Like, do you think, like, you think maybe I should? Yeah, no, no. no I'm the captain. <laughs> but, but how about both of those being such tributes to their friendship? I think that's also a part of being guys. The number of times I've told you to go fuck yourself. Totally. As we laugh. Yeah. As we laugh oh, yeah. our asses off. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. It's beautiful. Um, now we get the uh, – so what Rebecca said, uh, uh, when she gave the speech, she was like – you know, she gave the speech and then and then Akufo, masterful negotiator that he is, he's like, oh, that's a pretty speech, but who wants to make some money? You know what I mean? Um, and I, I know for a fact, boss is just looking at her screen, but I know she'll say, yeah, no, that wouldn't have worked because they are there to make money. The Rebecca's thing, she would yeah. not have – yeah. That would not right? have convinced them. Billionaires are evil. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say evil. I should say that uh, uh, unethical, amoral, probably. Am- yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I want to discuss that though because I think yeah, I, I think her school mom thing, which you also hate, not her school, her mom thing rather, which you also hated, which I did not hate. I think also impacts how we viewed what happened on the other side of the speech. So, but yeah, it's, I, I, I hear you. 
Yeah, but we find true. out that she she was successful uh, according to the show. Again, like we say, oh, uh, do we believe that Rebecca would fall into a canal and then instead of go to her hotel, would go in some stranger's boat with one exit and take a shower? And like, nope. Uh, typically, no, I would not believe that. But if the show says, yeah, that's what we've chosen, I go, okay. So in this case, the show has chosen, yep, it worked. And the way we know it worked is because um, – how? What? What? What is the visual reveal, Coach, that shows that this has worked? Uh, well, uh, Edwin Kufu comes out of uh, the door, the opposite end of the room where he had entered from, but everybody else came into the front door, and uh, he's, he's got his boy right behind him and picking something off his sleeve. Look, he's cleaning his office sleeve. You're not sure if it's lint yes. or what. And then, as we enter the room, we see that um, all of the club owners are covered in what used to be the food on the table. Um, so we know we we know Edwin had another one of his. I'm going to go to your house and shit and burn it and shit again and all the things, uh, moments. <laughs> I mean, okay. Part of it is, is, uh, you go, okay, like, all right, that's, that's great. Um, it's just a wish fulfillment to think of, uh, billionaires being, uh, you know, you know how food. You know to get doused with food. You know it's also like I'm like, uh huh. Like oh, in this world, all those white mm-hmm. men are gonna sit there and and you know I'm like I was like oh that you know this is. Hmm. But what I okay. guess my I thought I, I'm it- like what what's the what's the bigot likelihood of these? You know what I mean? Like what's the the true died in the wool racist likelihood in those bunch of Colonel Sanderses or whatever? I actually I don't know. I'm not saying. <laughs> Right. I'm just saying, like, what are we what are we yeah, really no. talking about? Like, OK, so this is a fiction show. OK, like, fine. Like, I'm like, oh, uh, I mean, but, what, yeah, what would they actually do? Because I took it more as his emotional explosion. Like, they're all about emotional control and like, we don't have time for a footy anymore. Like, just like these, like, humongous insults that are delivered, you know, at a monotone. So I, I wondered if they just like. They didn't have anything in their arsenal to deal with this guy going nuts like that. As that that yeah. was the way I took it. I mean, also they're British, so I'm pretty sure it would be uh, Lieutenant Sanders, not Colonel. I think that's how their ranks go. <laughs> that's that. Very what hard. a point! What a point! Thank yes, yes. Thank you, I, boss. I just wanted that, to be culturally that, accurate. I, no, no, no. I really, really appreciate that. Listen, this is uh, whatever. I know too much about old money. To ever think that these guys would be summoned by an outsider to go anywhere, uh, he he would have to go and kiss their ring. But whatever, it's the whole thing's fine. Um, uh, they are covered, and Rupert and Rebecca are tickled pink by it. They like a little chaos, and we get a glimpse into what they must have been like once upon a time because they're, uh, you yeah. know, they they are laughing. They're just laughing. Yeah. Everyone well, else looks stunned, and they're like kind of. Like, Rebecca damn. is laughing. Rupert is guffawing and getting very close to the laughing Liam laugh. His, he does not have a smooth laugh. We've been yeah, we've been commenting about Anthony Head and what a great actor he is. And I was like, oh, he does he does asshole dick better than he does like happy happy Joe. Like I was like, okay, whatever. I'm, like, I'm sorry, he does what? He does oh, asshole. Yeah. No, no, asshole I'm dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ass- sorry, <laughs> asshole Richard. <laughs> so, so uh, why do I? Why do I even? He, he's we- still trying, <sighs> asshole Dick. He's still trying to avoid the abortion. <laughs> 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 
I think we should stop. I think we should just stop. <laughs> stop the episode Forever. for the day. You guys are Ooh. having way too much fun. A hundred percent at my expense. Yes. I'm, I'm getting leprosy over here <laughs> uh, listening to this. Uh, all right. So we have uh, now we have Nate and his father and we have this uh, important sort of big revelatory scene. Um, uh, Nate's father uh, apologizes. Uh, listen, well, he listens to Nate play, surprises Nate. Uh, you know, Nate, he says, I missed what you, I'm paraphrasing really quickly because this is, this is something we're going to really have to deep dive. I didn't know how to parent a genius. I'm sorry. And I just want my son to be happy are the key moments of this. There is no hug or embrace or anything, but Nate, uh, sits down on the bed afterwards and definitely has, um, definitely hard hitting for him. Um, and dad was, te- uh, Lloyd was, uh, dabbing his eyes uh, as he left because it was such a, a emotional thing for him. Um, we can discuss the merits of this scene later, but uh, at least the, the, the show is trying to give us, uh, they're trying to fill in some of the paint by numbers elements of Nate's personal journey where at least you can say, okay, like, yeah, there is a resolution here and, and maybe that will inform his uh, redemption arc. Now we get um, Rupert and Rebecca cleaning off, uh, and and we have uh, John from Cerithium Oil. Is it John? Or did I say Roger? Robert. 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 Yeah, Robert. Robert from Cerithium Oil. I, I think I think that's the after Cerithium Oil, and he mentioned something like, "Oh, the last time I saw you two in a room, you know, was when your wedding, and you really wanted me to get out so you could get it on." <sighs> I just want to throw in if if he hadn't been so gross the whole time, I guess that could have been funny. I mean, and in the context of the show, like I don't think the writers have done anything wrong. I think the writers actually nailed it. But if he had just made that joke, but he'd been at least something approaching a gentleman up to that point, it could have been funny and sort of like naughty the way people laugh about the garter being grabbed. But because he's so gross, like I was just like, you really, you probably went back to your room and fully pictured them having sex into you, freak. Like, it just was like, ugh. This, this, you know, it's funny because you'll find a lot of, a lot of real, with old money, uh, it's all the, it's all the lead, lead, uh, poisoning or the inbreeding or whatever, but you definitely find a lot of really, really hidden fetishes, but the key is, is hiding them. You don't get this much pervy, overt behavior. Uh, if you're super, if you're the most powerful person in every room you walk into, yes, you can get away with it. And, and some people are that. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. Like even the dynamic of like constantly, um, talking about Rebecca's looks in front of Rupert has it would have that would sort of cause, you know, a little, a little disturbance in the force. It doesn't matter. Uh, in this case, it was meant to, to harken back to better days. And um, what happens? Rupert Rupert pulls something out of Rebecca's hair to help her clean off. And and boss, where does he go from there? Oh, he tries to kiss her because, of course, uh, after cheating on her and getting married to somebody else, and then asking her to come to this meeting and screwing over her football club, you would try to make out with her because you guys laughed for five seconds. All is forgiven. And has that ever been mentioned on this show at all, by any chance? Anyone me- remember anything? Any, what do you mean? Because we're making a woman anyway? laugh. No. Just making out right away. No. 
I wonder. I, I was like, I wonder if the people I spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours a week talking to will remember me saying, I'm, I'm trying to picture Rebecca's redemption, her full arc. And the only way she, I can really see her, even if she beats him, she's not going to be satisfied. The yeah. only way she actually can, can feel satisfied is if he tries to come back to her, like, and tries to kiss her or something. And she is able to be like, no. Like I'm like that's the only way I can see her. Correct. Like what? Because yeah. we were trying to. Do you remember us talking about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw when I saw this, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, did it. Yeah. Like she really actually had that moment. I, I didn't. I did not see that coming. But well, I was. I was pleased that she got to have that moment. And and for me, it meant okay. Yeah, it's not about beating him on the field. It's not. She has to have that moment where she gets past him and she she chooses. You know, like to distance herself from him and, and as an active participant, you know, she, she has the agency to do it and the wherewithal, and then she chooses that. Um, and we got to see it, which I was really excited about. Um, and now we move to uh, Keely and Roy. Roy is trying to stuff something under a door. <laughs> he can't even, he can't find, the door is so well insulated uh, with a door sweep that he can't get the thing under. And I was like, damn, that's, as a man who's installed door sweeps, I was like, God damn, that's tight. That's some good work, right, 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 Yep, it's good work. Yeah, that's, that, that's some good middle-aged man uh, viewing right there. Because, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. anyway, I, I, I thought that too. Like, oh, nice job on the door. Um, but at any rate. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I do want to highlight, because I do think, and this is going back to make Rebecca great again, and I won't do the full because we can get more into it. Um, I have felt that there's in all the triangles that happen and we'll talk about total storytelling. I have felt that there is a, uh, Roy Nate, uh, thing that they get, that they have had going throughout of, they, they, they get each other a bit more than you might think they would. And I think that in this scene, having him almost like, uh, Nate did with the speech, trying to get it under the door. I thought there was some, um, yeah, there was there was a parallel there, and I'll and there's a parallel later in the scene that I'll, I'll highlight. But I I definitely thought they meant to do that. I didn't think there was a coincidence. Nice, nice call. I totally missed that. You're right. I remember, and that's when Nate got flamed by Ted yeah, out of Ted, the blue. Ted's and, curfew. And this is Keely scares the living bejesus out of Roy, which is really fun. The same way <laughs> yeah. she did oh, yeah. Ted, by the way, in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The same. It's the same bit she does. That's really good. Um, and so she's like, what's that? Uh, well, he says, like, what are you doing here? Like, you should be at work. She she deftly sidesteps that and goes, what's that? And he hands it to her. And she's like, oh, I can't read it. Now, maybe she can't read it. For me, I was like, oh, she just wants to hear him read it. Like, Oh, <laughs> like, really? Like, I, 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 yeah, I was like, yeah, I, wasn't I don't sure. know. Maybe she can't. Maybe she can't. But, like, also... Okay, let let's. I'll I'll enjoy this more if it comes out of your. It's almost like like don't read it to me when yes. Roy crumples up Nate's speech. Like say it to my fucking face. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring it up in a minute because he does that without her saying it. He's reading, and then he and I thought, oh my god, don't don't read it. Say it to my fucking face. So yeah, I think, I think there was a lot of that in the scene. Yeah. He just, saw, he, we were saying while he was reading it, I noticed he just kind of stopped reading and just said what, what it said, but he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. Um, basically, uh, can you go through a uh, coach and read? Um, it's, it says like, I, I didn't put in, we were rushing to get this, uh, this episode out as quickly as possible. So I wrote down, I just typed out what I heard him say, but I, that was like, Oh dear Keely, 
in the beginning. I missed like one line, but then it says, "What can you read the rest of this? You never did anything wrong. It was all me. I was stuck, stuck in my own shit, and I didn't want to cause you any harm with it, so I pulled away. But you are and always will be Keely fucking Jones. And if I ever did anything that made you feel like that wasn't true, I'm so sorry. I love you. Sincerely yours, Roy Kent, <laughs> XO, XO. God damn it. That, that part was great. That was, that was great. fantastic. Yeah. I, I, one, bringing back the Keely fucking Jones, right? I mean, it's almost like he has a whole song. He's every fucking where, but Keely fucking Jones, that's, that's as close to her song as we have. And I thought that was really cool to um, have him recall what? that piece in particular. Cause that's what he says, yeah. like, when it's time for the photo shoot, like, that's his declaration of, like, you are the baddest. And, um, yeah, I call, I call Daphne boss lady. When I'm trying to make sure she understands what a what a killer she is, so I I thought that was cool. That's funny. I called Juliana Harvard when I wanted to demean her. Nice, and 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 that. <laughs> I mean, she demeaned herself by going there. Let's be honest. <laughs> hey, little Harvard oh, Yale, Harvard Yale humor. humor. Nice. No, no. I I I'll say it like when like she'll be like, oh, how does this like whatever she you know. To, like pull a door or you know she doesn't pull a door the wrong way jesus christ but like just something and i'll go oh hey woo, harvard i'm such a i'm not a good person um okay so um it's fantastic that's all i have that's I all i boss, have i had a boss that did who did that who was not being funny in the way you are being funny when you do that like he really used it as a way to to demean me like anything he felt i should have done differently He'd be like i didn't go to yale or anything Oh, they didn't teach yeah. you that at Yale? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They'll oh. let anyone into Yale these days, oh, won't they? Oh, my God. I still mm. want to punch him in the mouth. You, I, f- feels like you guys don't know the power of a good deer, sweetheart, or doll face. Those are always the ones I use. Doll fa- hey there, doll face. Say that, Charlie. Mm. No, doll face. It's, it's usually a, hey, doll face. Dolph. Hey, hey, doll really? face. You know, you know why you're so wrong about that, right? Unless I'm talking to my friend Megan, and then it's sincere because she is a doll face and I love her. So Roy, uh, Roy, uh, okay, R- very, very random thing that no one will be with me on, but just popped into my head. I noticed when they did the scene with the tie dye, it was like she was like R O Y, like R O Y, red, orange, yellow, right? And then, and then later on, when Roy comes in with the other tie dye shirt, it's it's uh, indigo, violet, and blue. And then I was like, oh, the only thing that didn't happen was green. And I was like, oh, Keely wore a green jacket. So I was like, is there anything? That-? I'm like, I don't know if there's oh, that, that might be she's way, the thing way... that's missing. Oh my God. That's amazing. I don't wow. know. Okay. I don't know. But that'd be I'm really like, cool. Okay. Yeah. They've been doing you know rainbow things with with Trent's mug and mm-hmm. she comes in colors everywhere. I don't know. You, I don't know. You, I don't know. I, 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 that's definite deep dive stuff, but I, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna watch this episode, and I've been watching some other stuff anyway, so I'll look for it. But now that you mentioned that rainbow mug, I think a lot of this season 
and there might be a little projection for me is integration, like just integrating all of this and all that's happened and all the people and all the lessons and all the wounds and all like this, the integration of it all. And I think that a uh, rainbow is such a powerful, especially because dark side of the moon shows up cover. We'll talk about that later. Um, th- I think it's, it's a really powerful way of, um, speaking to inclusion. And including it yeah. all, including all the emotions, oh, yeah. including all the people, including all the kinds of relationships. So, yeah, I think you may be onto something with that Roy G. Biv there. I don't know. I mean, I felt I felt like a little bit of a extra, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. We can we can look into it. Um, Fun let's fact: zip I now these. organize my closet, Roy G. Biv, because I'm trying to be more organized. Do you really? Yeah, seriously. Actually, I did start doing that so I could find stuff more easily, and it's actually been really helpful. Who was that that organized their books that way during the pandemic? Somebody organized yes. their books. Yes, a lot library. of people did that. You that t- became a thing. Is that a yeah. thing? Because, yeah, I, I remember yeah. having a conversation about that. Yeah. But no, yeah, really. Like, you know, suits, dress shirts, t shirts, like in sections, but Roy G. Biv, each, each type of clothing. Makes the, the book, the color things for the books makes me crazy. All right. Yeah. Are you going to remember the color of yeah, your the, favorite book or are you going to remember the title? Come yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. It didn't make any sense to me. I guess visually, whatever, but yeah, it didn't make sense. Let's party. How many people actually not- take books off of their off of their bookshelf? You know what I mean? It's like once you've read it, you stick it on there, and you never. And I'm not defending it. I I would never do the uh, the the uh, color coding thing because I'm too busy to color because co- <laughs> I never have a set. I have four children, and my life is a whirlwind of driving hell uh speaking of which i literally have to pick up my kids from school so let's finish up this episode um um uh we get rebecca and keely and she comes to the door and keely screams have you been shot or something like that and this is really sort of a nice beat where she's like well i'm actually kind of cross it you know that i see you're okay and you know where have you been then we get girl talk they're sitting down and the net result of it is uh, Rebecca funds Keely saying like when she says Keely, you know, a lot of people didn't like this one part, but whatever. She writes down a number and she's like, I basically have that in my wallet right now, which is psychotic. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. I so love, Jack isn't like it. as magnanimous as we thought. Right. Right. Um, but don't you yeah. get the sense that Rebecca has known that all along because like she 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 stuck her for those bottles of champagne. Like she's kind of like, oh, you want to. You want to be fancy? No problem. I'll send you a real bill. I'll send you a real bill to pay. So they, I call, they, they would call that in, in, in male terms a dick measuring contest. I That's right. That's what, exactly yeah. it. But we saw it. It's like taking a, ding, a tinkle next to uh, John Holmes. So that was set up. Um, we find out uh, that Rupert almost, you know, uh, uh, Rebecca says to Keely, Rupert almost kissed her. Keely has like this big reaction. She's like, oh my God, how desperate do you have to be? You'd have to be emotional low to go back to him at the bottom of your barrel, blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, Roy walks up behind uh, Keely in a reveal. He's also in Keely's pink robe, not in Fantastic. dark color. Right? Fantastic. And, and also, it's like a, it was a very nice button on Rebecca kicking his ass. Cause she, you know, this is, this is, she, she helped put this in motion. So I thought that whole thing was beautiful. Also, they, um, they do the make Rebecca great again salute to one another. We don't need to get into it, but I thought that was really cool. That's great. Um, now we get a really quick scene with Will, the kit man. 
Uh, if you'll remember on the last episode, the, the QOB, the Queen of the Buttercups, said she wants to see a full Nate emotional redemption tour, like apology tour. And we get a very good beat. What I thought was like an appropriate and smart beat here. I think it should happen three or four episodes ago, but uh, fine. This is this is good. Uh, Will comes in and the whole locker room is set up. And we said on this podcast, you'll know when Nate has begun the, the healing when he calls himself Wonder Kid. And and lo and behold, Will gets a a um a card that says, Will, I'm sorry, signed Wonder Kid with a sprig of, I think, lavender on it. Um Oh right, because he had put the lavender I didn't catch what that was. I was like, is that an olive branch? What is that? You're right. It's lavender and I'm sorry. Right? I failed. That you. makes that I would make sense. Right? The audience. Yep. And and Will <laughs> For, to, to refresh anyone's memory, Will started this by making the jersey that said Wonder Kid. And I didn't really start it because Nate said Wonder Kid and then lied and said he said. But, you know, this is when Will was the one that thought of making Nate the cool jersey. And then Nate slammed the door. And if you ever embarrass me again, all that stuff. So this felt like a step in the right direction. And we see Nate then be let out by the bridge troll that guards the underbelly of the Nelson Road Sanctum. That guy is terrifying. Uh, he's like right out of a Monty Python sketch. Um, and then um, now we uh, we have Keeley in her office doing business. The KGPR light is back on. And uh, we get a moment here where Barbara walks in. And what happens, boss? Barbara walks in, says she needs to give back the snow globe that Keeley sold to her. Uh, she says that the tradition is that she gets it when she leaves a job and that if Keely is staying open. If Keely will have her, Babs would like to work with her as she's resigned from Jax. So this is a powerful moment, and we'll get into this. Uh, I really loved the you know different again neurotypical do thing do thing uh, people do things a certain way like emotional you know touching is appropriate like all these different things. Um, I know we have uh, uh, people who listen to us who are not. Uh, you know, you know, they don't uh, define themselves as neurotypical and there's all sorts of words and this neurodivergent or, you know, like coach and I have ADHD. There's all, all kinds of ways. We're all beautiful creatures whose synapses fire at different speeds and, and your ke- brain chemistry is different. And, um, and for those people who can relate to being an outsider or just being different or saying like, yeah, you know, like I'm, Hugging isn't my natural inclination or, you know, th- this is good. This is, this is, this also uh, relates to us saying, yeah, can, how about if men and women are friends and you don't have to have a sexual relationship to have closeness? Like all these different ways of looking we, that we expect Ted Lasso's show to sort of be with us on. And this is a nice moment here where it isn't over the top. It isn't this huge thing. There's a really, really nice beat with Katie Nix as Barbara, who I, I think just killed it, just killed it this season. It, despite, again, we've, we've, we've railed against how, how little we were interested in KJPR, but there, there are no uh, um, small roles, only small actors. And even just a little hand pat with Keely and then asking her to, if you could just please wouldn't mind, you know, releasing your grip a little bit. I need to get to the receipt. Like, it's like, I love it's a grip like, too. Like, it's not like yeah. oh, we should stop hugging. Like, it's like you know, yeah. a grip. <laughs> like, you, you've got me in a vice here. Um, yeah, I just I love that she continued to be herself here um, within the scene. 
um, but in a way, a way that was funny, but believable, right? Like I, I, like I, I bought that if you were friends with this woman, she would get it. And she actually did appreciate the hug. And now you can let me go so that we can deal with the finances. Yes, that was good. And, and you know, th- this is the thing. One of the things Ted, uh, Ted Lasso always gets right is everybody's different. I don't know why for so many years, 100 years on television, or I don't know how long television's been around, 60 years. Um, uh, you have everyone trying, oh, let's lump in everyone into some homogenous, you know, pool that we're all the same. We're not. And people get really delighted by seeing different types of people um you know, portrayed. I know uh, there was this great speech, but there's a voice actor named a- Ashley Johnson. She played uh, Ellie in The Last of Us, and then she was also in the caster in the show, and she was great. She played Ellie's mother in the show, which was phenomenal. And she's she's a uh, delight, an absolute delight. Her spirit is amazing. Her t- so skilled, so talented, a wonderful human being. And they gave her some award recently. I. I I wish I could find it right now. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes where she's like, Hey, anybody that feels like an outsider, anyone that feels like you're alone or you're not understood or whatever, like come hang out at my locker or whatever. And you're just like, Oh my God. It, I'm like, this is what, that's what I love about Ted Lasso. It's like, they're not lumping by and large. They're saying, yeah, there are different types of people. And, and there's a place for all of us. If we just will take the time to um, step back and, 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 and look at that and, and not, not try to lump everyone into the same category. So I really loved this with, with, uh, with Barbara. Um, now we have the, the scene where Roy walks in tie dye again. Um, we're back at the locker room at Richmond. Danny is back. He's oh, still Danny Rojas and, and <laughs> Van Dam is totally shook. He's just really cautious around him after his teammate broke his nose. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know, man. It seems like Van Damme is not shaking this off as much as everybody else is. This I don't I don't can know you, about Can this. you blame it? I'm gonna can say like, yeah. what in the world? No, it's it's just Danny's like, oh man, crazy game. It's like no, I, I mean, um it, so I mean we uh sorry, in season one we saw Phoebe kick Ted in the face with the ball. Mm-hmm. And and she was horrified. She mm-hmm. as a small child was like, "Oh shit, no! Mm-hmm. Danny's doing nothing. Really, Danny? Nothing? Come and on!" We, and we know Danny can kick the hell out of a ball for a lot of reasons. Number one amongst them is he once killed a living being. So, like to take a, a a shot to the head off Danny's foot is not a small thing. Like that is you're you you are in danger. Yeah. Well, maybe he learned a trick or two in the. Um... In the cartel league he played in as a you remember oh, he was right playing in front of oh, El Chapo's Chapo. league. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he kicks into a different gear, man, when he's that back home. Funny. You never know. Um uh Sam puts a ni- nineteen ninety four Nigerian World Cup team postcard into his uh goal setting. I I guess we'll talk a little bit about that in his locker. Um we we pivot over to um again, Roy yeah, Roy's and tie die. The guys just accept it. Uh Trina's trying to make a conversation with Beard. Yeah, where are you from originally? And Beard's like, none of your business. None of your business. I have never said that, but I really want to be the type of person that would say that to anybody. I've never in my life said none of your business. None of your business. Did you catch Trent's reply? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, What did he say? He said, said, uh, "Oh, yeah, you're right. It is a little personal." Yeah. (laughs) Like it's like such like getting to know you cocktail chatter. But I love that he's like, "You're right. You're right. I went too far." It's really amazing. Yeah, he's a student of people, and uh, and then what happens is 
they have the moment over what what opens up the thing because then Beard says, "Oh, I'm from Peoria," but it was like they bonded over. Was it Roy's shirt again? Is that yes. What? And 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 this is deep divey, and I want to talk about it more because I think there's a lot of it in this sequence in particular. But when I say integration, yes, Roy is wearing tie dye, but now it's like a dark tie dye. There's a little pattern to it, but it's not red, orange, and yellow. And I think it's like he is forever changed, but he is still essentially Roy. And I think Beard is not gonna like un you know tell you everything about his mom but he is essentially changed and when and seeing Roy do it gives him permission to be different too and i think that's a big part of the whole Ted Lasso experience if you yes, live out loud absolutely. the people around you can live out loud or yeah. feel more permission to do it yes and um in real life the reason that uh Coach Beard is from Peoria is because Brendan Hunt went to Illinois State University in Peoria, Illinois, on a theater scholarship. This is something I know. I have this information in my brain and it lives there and I can't remember my best friend's birthday. I love it. I'm not sure whether I want someone someday who I don't know to care this much about the details of my life or not. Like It could also be, no, I do not want that to happen. We'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. I also know that Hunt's sister got married at a venue where my brother used to work, a brewery. I know too much. I know too much. Um, so we have we have the final scene is Rebecca uh, mounting the David Hockney painting back in her uh, in her room in the same place where we started the whole scene. This is why I felt like Jesus. This is like a series finale kind of moment. Um, she's putting it back up. Return uh, to the ordinary says, world. Right? There you yeah. go. Right. Exactly right. Hero's Absolutely. journey. Yep. Yeah. So um, that's hers. It's, the Hockney is back up. Uh, Ted's like, oh, hey, did you draw that? No, that's a Hockney. That's a David Hockney. Well, he's a very talented little boy. Um, also, the the Hockney, by the way, is the footballer, I think is the name of it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a somewhere online I saw like a picture of it where it's like about a footballer and, and ostensibly she is able to put it back up because now she's in love with the beautiful game independently of what it means to Rupert. There's no longer about Rupert. It's about her love of the sport um, and her position in it, which is uh, obviously um, it's taken her a long time to get through this and she's really earned it. Um, uh, she says, I no longer care if I beat Rupert. She looks different in this scene. Her hair's down. She's got almost a Kansas-y uh, Matteo van der Glien sort of dress on. I was like, "Oh man, this is uh, this is interesting." Like tonal, yeah. What uh, made me think? Uh, we definitely at some point we we glossed over in this deep dive the this the little moment with the army men and the Olas thing with Rebecca. So a lot of the Ted Becker truthers are blowing their minds up, uh, top putting these things together. Um, so, and then she spits her tea into, into Ted's face. And he says, uh, you know, as long as none of that tree piss gets into my mouth, I'm actually okay with it. And I mean, tree piss would technically be maple syrup, but that's fine. Yeah. No, who's. Oh, yeah. oh wow. I'm going to let that one go. Um, and and that that does it for the rapid reaction uh, overview of episode ten, international break. This is uh, we have two episodes left. This is exciting. I cannot wait to deep dive this episode. It is going to take 
nine years to go through every little moment of this. Uh, it's really fascinating. Um, yeah, you, you, we, we have we have a tremendous amount left. I, on the plus side, I don't need to worry about what I'm going to do in my retirement because apparently it's this. Just yeah, we'll for still thirty years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's good. Um, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? Online community for our coaching practice is We Align. So that's WeAlign.AlignP.com. Being our best selves, living our best lives. And uh, you can find uh, links and handles and all that in the show notes. Boss, what about you? Uh, Still on Twitter at Dumbly underscore Chambers for the time being. Um, and then also actually writing. I have been writing. I've done it on uh, Antagonists, which is uh, antagonistblog.com. That's right. And um, we want you to – I just wrote an article on the um, on Eurovision, which was so much fun this year. And if you don't have to watch the whole Eurovision, I just summed it up and gave you all the – all the earworms. There's so many songs that I loved. And if you're in, in the mood to find some new music, it's just fascinating stuff. And we talked about the Russian in the scene with, uh, with Akufo. And there was this whole, there was this one girl group that was put together of, uh, it was the, it was the, um, Czech Republic team and had a Russian in it. And she had to endure all their, their message. Their song was against, against Putin and against Russia and pro Ukraine, which many of the songs were, it was really fascinating, amazing year for music. Um, at least from a, from an outsider's point of view, from an American's point of view. I know some people, it's real diehards for Eurovision were like, Oh, it was an off year, but I really enjoyed it. And, um, but the, the, the one Russian member of this band took a lot of flack and, you know, it, it, this whole thing was just really fascinating. So, um, off topic, but yeah, there's a lot, lot over there at the antagonist. Um, we are going to be back with a very special episode on Friday, latest Saturday. We record on Friday and then poor Luke has to just do, do everything he can to edit as quickly as possible. MVP! Usually we get it out. MVP! Yeah, no, we, we try to get it out Friday night, but sometimes this comes out Saturday morning. Um, but uh, that's when that comes out, we will close the poll, which you can get uh, in the show notes of the last episode. And um, and yeah, that's uh, – oh, sorry, two episodes ago. Not In the show notes of the last very special episode, you can get um, – uh, you can do the poll before it closes and then we'll talk about the results and, and a lot of head lasso stuff that, uh, it's, I thought it was really eye opening. It'll be so interesting to read that poll after this episode, after we just watched international, uh, break because wow, there was a lot, a lot of things that changed. Um, for those of you who want to support us, there's a support link in the uh, description of the of the episode. Please, please consider supporting us. Uh, we have a, a number of supporters now in the 20s, and um, we will announce new supporters in our next episode. Coach and Boss asked me, hey, now that you have a bunch of supporters uh, uh, locked in, are we covering our costs? And and I started to go through the costs and they were like, oh, it was like crusty. They were like, Ugh. like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe uh, we're just putting it on the line um, and, and trying to, trying to, trying to make something um, that everyone enjoys. So it was like help, being a great. little kid and finding out what a mortgage is. It was like, oh, this isn't as, it, as it, right. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't know if you don't know how these things work. Uh, every once in a while, you'll, you'll hear an ad run during our podcast. It's usually for another podcast. And we make 1.4 cents every time one of those runs, if it's listened to. Moment. So like if some, 
Yeah, 1.4 cents. Like, so imagine how many times you have to play that to like buy a candy bar. So, um, and then you don't always have those to run. I run them whenever we get offered them, but sometimes you can't run them. And so it's a whole thing. But, um, if you can help, great. If you can't and you don't have the money, which nobody seems to have any money right now, which I really get, uh, I am broke. So, um, if you, if you don't have money, please consider reviewing, um, and supporting us that way. Sometimes we get people in the in the reviews. We, we just got a one star review because someone didn't like how we treated Nate. And Nate was their main guy, and and they they just were like, yeah, no, like I, I have to give this a one star. I don't like how that, whatever. Well, it's okay. I get it. That's all right. We you're right. We didn't we didn't love the Nate uh, subplot. So yes, like I, I really understand that. Um, so for those of you who can't uh, support us financially, we really get it. Uh, try to take a second and review and like and send it to people and try to get us as many uh, uh, views as you can uh, or listens as you can. Not views. I'm in the wrong business. Um, we, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. W- weirdly, we found out we're the number two after show podcast in New Zealand. And yeah. number seven yeah. in Australia. So uh, thank you so much to our friends uh, on that side of the world. It is so much fun uh, to hear from you and to have you support us. We there's this there's you don't know these things before you start podcasting, but there's all these ranking systems and uh, something that really helps us is reviews. Is if you like a like our our, our uh, podcast, please try to make make a, a second to do that. And um, other than that, we will be back. Uh, on Friday or at the latest Saturday and with a really fun episode where we go through the results of the last poll and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Boston coach have not seen the results yet and we'll do it live uh, as we record. So with that, we thank you for making, uh, making the time for this rapid uh, reaction and we hope that you're excited. This is a, a God, what a, what a labor of love this show has been. Um, and uh, couldn't happen to a better uh, fan base and, and listener base. We are so, so happy to have you with us. It has been life-changing, and uh, we're, we're thrilled that that Ted Lasso is seems to be finishing uh, up in the right way. <laughs> um, so two episodes left, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with them. Until the next time we talk to you, we are... Richmond, Richmond till, till we, we abort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm Holy so shit. fired. Seriously? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh man. That brought me joy. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.